Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 26. We are back in your motherfucking ears with an action-packed episode coming to you from New Zealand. It's me, your boy, Big Sean, Monotone Sean, not Alpha Sean, just Sean. Just Sean. And I'm joined Sean. by my main man, my partner in crime, Little Sean, Tubby Sean, whatever you want to call him, Alpha Sean, baby. How are you going, bro? I'm fucking lovely, bro. How are you? I am trying to work my way through this intro, and it feels oh so painful. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been, it feels like a long minute since we've done this, and I really should. I don't know. I don't want to script yeah. it. That's just lame. Um, although we wouldn't be the first podcast that a New Zealand to script shit. Oh, so, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mr. Shorts. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why you had like, a really good show that had like, you know, a lot of followers. That's why himself. Doing yeah, it by yourself know. must be so fucking hard. I don't know how you do it by yourself. I mean, I sort of just lean on my tubby crutch, and that's really about it. <laughs> I sit on my left hand for too long, and then get stuck in that splint. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, your splint. You want to you want to fill the listeners on in your splint from your. Oh, I guess not all of them have seen the video, and we'll probably keep it that way. But you hurt yourself <laughs> in Australia, is that correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah, went a bit too hard at CanCon, and it's, yeah. it's what it's more than a month later, uh-huh. and my it's more than a month later. And five I'm weeks still, or so, six weeks. yeah and i'm still stuck in the splint so yeah can't work can't work out well i am at work but i was gonna say um, can you not be just like telling people what to do yeah i'm basically just pointing finger and yelling but Which um, is you do anyway yeah it's given me heaps of opportunity to play warhammer so that's that's why i didn't want to do that little fucking twitter twitter fad because the amount of games i've played lately is way too many Oh, you're talking about the like tag your mate and yeah, models and, and I was yeah. like, I'll quickly work it out. And I was like, holy fuck, I've been playing like four games a week since CanCon. That's it's pretty this sick, real man. bad. <laughs> so you're gonna have lots of content to talk about on the show. That's all I'm hearing. Yeah, man. That's all I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. So today we're gonna talk about guys. We've just recently had a two-day five-game match play tournament in uh, Kapiti in Wellington, effectively Greater Wellington, I guess you'd say. Um, it was a two-day event. Spoilers, Tubby won it. And five rounds, 2K. You know, regular match play, no no sort of round rules or anything like that. Just pretty standard rule set. Uh, so we'll have a... That was just a weekend gone. So we'll have a quick little chat about um, about that. And then we're going to talk about a topic me and Tubby have been talking about for a while. It's kind of low-hanging fruit, but we're going to fucking take it. Um, revisiting battle tomes. And if the content in this episode is half decent and people enjoy it and we get positive feedback, we'll probably do a few more. So the idea behind this is revisiting Battle Tomes um, a year or so out, or at least since the book's been out and there's been like a GHB or a major FAQ to sort of change it. So we're not talking about recent ones. We're not talking about like Raph of Chosen, Seraphon, which is coming out next week, I think it is, or anything like that. Obviously, we don't have an advanced copy, so we can't talk about that. That was a very poor excuse. Uh, Slaves to Darkness or anything like that. We're not going to talk about the recent ones. So we're going to start off today by talking about Blades of Corn, near and dear to Tubby's heart, and it's um, an interest of mine. And then Stormcast, uh, spoilers, it's shit, uh, which is near <laughs> and dear to my heart. But it's the two battle tomes that, uh, they're very popular battle tomes, and they've been out a while. Um, Stormcast coming out to two years in June. Corn, maybe a year now? Yeah. Maybe soon? Close, I can't remember exactly when it came out. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but I think it was sort of like March, April 2019, and we're now yeah, in March 2020, so 
It feels appropriate. It survived the GHB. It survived the, the December FAQ. So we'll talk about that. We're not going to do like full battle time reviews, just what we love, what we hate, how we see a fit in in the current meta. How to so make them so. still work. Yeah. Like when these books drop, they're amazing when they first drop. And like last year, we had like a dozen books or something. And how do you make those old books still play the game, I guess? Like you can, and really compete with those new armies. Some can, some can't. I reckon corn still can. There's a couple of cool tricks there that nobody's tried yet that I'm keen to talk about. I personally think corn is one of the, and I don't mean competitively, but I think it's one of the best battle times they've done to date. And oh. what I mean by that, I mean we're jumping, we're jumping the gun here because we'll talk about this later. But it's got decent artifacts. It's got awesome slaughter hosts or whatever they're called. You know, your household, your storm host. Um, whatever you call it, your allegiance effectively. And it's got some really useful battalions across both demons and mortals, and it's got some good units. It lacks a bit of range and it's obviously has no magic, which is concerning. And like nothing in that book seems overly abusive and nothing to me anyway feels like it's too many points or too little. Maybe a sort of priest is too little points, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's just my two cents from the starters i think like if every book was made like the corn book i think it would be would be in a better place um but i love it up until you get to the war scrolls and then there's way too much garbage in there there is there is and i think that's sort of other than that it's a fantastic book yeah and i think that's evidenced by the fact that like a lot of people you don't see like you see whenever you see corn armies you see the same units you see bloodthirsters bloodthirsters, yeah yeah uh, a banner a slaughter priest and you know mix in uh, every you know mix in whatever battle line you can and you're pretty much done you know some have hounds some have wrathmongers yeah anyway we'll get to that later we'll get to that later so we will start off with a jalitma so as i said today 2k event uh the weekend just gone end of february and it was a leap year hence the name age of leapma um we only had 18 players which is excuse me which isn't a huge amount, um, a solid amount in New Zealand, I guess. The venue only holds up to 20, so we're only going to really hit, hit around that mark. Um, the, venue's I'm gonna... nice, the venue's real cool. It's at uh, Principal Scenery headquarters, mm-hmm. so all the tables are real fucking cool. Um, yeah. Mats on everything. There's heaps. There's quite a bit of space, too. Plenty of space yeah. for 20 players. I played in the booth table, which is on the bottom table, which I always thought was terrible. <laughs> no, it's but awesome, it's, <laughs> it's just got this like seat the whole way around the yeah. table, and it's fucking amazing. It's really yeah. good. Park up so, with your beers, and you're like at table height sitting down. It's fantastic. I just sat in the window the whole time. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. So yes, principal scenery. We will give them a plug because they have forever been good to us. So. Um, you know, 3D printer enthusiasts will probably be aware there, but Principal Scenery, based on New Zealand, they do a lot of Kickstarters. They seem to be very successful and very good at what they do. They design 3D prints and um, check them out. I believe they have a Kickstarter coming up soon, which I might have fucked up on the Warhammer New Zealand Age of Sigma page as I was you doing got a little. So many times you keep like scanning past that table and be like, oh. oh, yeah, yeah. So there was a there was a table with scenery on it, which is yet to be released to the public. And it's for an upcoming Kickstarter, from what I understand, or, or something similar of, I don't know. I don't understand their business model, I don't know. 
and um, I, I forgot I wasn't allowed to show it. And in the first video on my face, first Facebook live video, I definitely did show a chunk of it, and then I quickly jumped my hand across it and forgot that I wasn't supposed to show people. It was annoying because Bo's army was on it, who won best painter, by the way. And you could, yeah, you could take pictures of it on the fucking thing. Yeah, like he was you, getting so mad. He was like, Bo's fucking army is all over the train piece that we can't take a photo of. Mm. I want to take a photo of it. Yeah, I took plenty of pictures of his army, but I didn't release any of them because we probably wouldn't be welcome back to the venue. So um, wait for that to come out and then we can look to release them. Um, all right, so we'll just get into to the event, to our experience. Uh, Tubby, what do you take? We're not doing game by game, guys. Yeah. I mean, if you've got something notable to say, then to say it, or you can just summarize it. Um, what do you take? You know, why do you take it? How did it go? Yeah, so when after CanCon, um, I played the new KO for the first time at CanCon, and they left me with a massive fucking KO boner, and I was all about it. So initially, when I saw the book, I saw the Zench and the KO together in sneak peek crap that everyone else saw. Um, internet was full of it, and you saw them next to each other, and you looked at the KO book, and you looked at the Zench book, and you went. Man, the Zench one's bent, and KO looks like they got the biggest nerf. Um, but the boats were cool. The boats look like they got an improvement, so I sort of had them in the back of my mind. They look like they play the game how they probably should have. Uh, but after playing them, I realized they were quite an army again. They could actually play Warhammer now, if that makes sense. They don't just drop and delete. Uh, they don't just put 100 Arcanauts on the board and shoot someone off across the table. I think you really have to play the army. And luckily enough for me, Sloane's army come up for sale uh, in New Zealand. And I sort of swooped it up pretty quickly. Uh, so I played KO. I played KO at Leapmar. That was my first outing with the actual KO. But I had been practicing it at home a lot. Uh, with a black coach with ironclad tape to the top of it. Um, it was pretty ugly. <laughs> Some of the worst proxies was in the lead up to Leetmar. Um, but yeah, so super keen to play KO. I really liked one of the Skyports that nobody else seemed to give a fuck about, uh, which was Varric Mornar. So the thing I really liked about that one was there's an artifact there that you pick an enemy unit in their charge phase, at the start of their charge phase, uh, within 12, and you half their charge distance. So the way I always sort of envisioned this army working is you have a chunk of models on the table, otherwise you have no board presence, and you can't actually take hold, let alone take objectives back. Uh, and then you have like a floating mobile firebase going on, and that artifact works really well with it because you put your ironclad somewhere, you delete something. You Say you've got two keepers standing next to each other, two stone horns standing next to each other. <clears throat> you drop it, you drop the boat nice and close, 12 inches away to get all the damage output out. You delete one, but you don't have the damage output in this army to delete both. So the other one's going to hit you. You're going to lose your boat. You're going to lose your guys inside it. You're going to lose. Um, but that artifact really nullifies it. So... There's a lot of debuffs to movement. There's a lot of debuffs to charges. Um, and that's sort of what my list was about. So I'll run over it. Um, my list was Barak Mornar. It was a chemist. <clears throat> now, he was my general. He was my general for the reasoning that 
he's going to stay on the board the whole time and babysit my Arcanaut units. Um, now, the units are quite slow since they only move four inches. Uh, and having that 12-inch bubble, because it's my general, uh, for immune to battle shock or 18 inches for reroll ones, uh, just made it a whole lot more manageable. So that's the real reason he was my general. He never went in the boat to redeploy it. It's pretty much pointless. Uh, and then I had two navigators. So one of them had the artifact I was just talking about, the within 12 inches, half your charge. Hold up, bro. So what does the navigators do? These days yeah. for people who haven't seen them, because I don't think they were an overly popular unit previously. No, so they weren't at all. Nobody's really seen them. Um, so what the navigators actually do is they can unbind a spell each, and they can dispel a spell each. So with Zench being the powerhouse it is, with magic being everywhere, I think you absolutely need a way to unbind, uh, especially with the vulnerability with your boats. If they get hit with the endless spell, it hits everything, and it sucks. Uh, and you need to be able to take endless spells off the board too. That's, that's a big part of the game these days. So I've got two ways to do that. doesn't affect me negatively in any way. Um, but one of the most bent thing about taking two navigators is... They've got a debuff, and it's 36 inches. You pick a unit that can fly in your enemy's army. <clears throat> you roll a dice on a 3+, you halve their movement. Now, that never got FAQ'd. So as it stands, that can stack. So if you pick Mr. Thermal Rider Stonehorn, and you pink both navigators on him, he now moves 4.5 inches instead of 18 um, if you pick a unit eels, you can split it across, you can make move seven, or you can make one move three and a half. So that's where you really get to the point that you're a shooting army that doesn't really want to get in combat, uh, but you have so much mobility, and the fast stuff normally flies. And when it flies, but it only moves three inches, it's not very fucking useful. That's really that's really awesome because I've always yeah. wondered this about KO because you're always wanting to drop and blow a unit up and you don't want it to get near you. You, you obviously want to stay away from combat. So in some cast I had boots, a counter charge, so you've got to navigate it to slow down uh, units. I guess that sucks if you're not versing an army that flies. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, anyway. That's where the other artifact picks up. Like, I played Bo's uh, Sylvaneth and he had Gotrek. So Gotrek normally moves four inches, can charge up to 12, so that's a 16-inch threat range. <clears throat> because I had the artifact to half his charge, I could put my boat 12 inches away, get my full damage output, and the furthest Gotrek could possibly charge was 10 inches. So, <laughs> like, the man could never yeah, touch so even like, So even if he double turns you, that's, mm -hmm. that's not happening? No, it's impossible. Oh, rip. Got can't... <laughs> and well, like, you can't teleport and charge the boat because that's an 18-inch charge. Like, it's it's not an option. You know, uh, Big Wah can't get away with that. Um, so, yeah, so the heroes are not super important into the list, but the things they carry kind of are. Uh, there's another artifact you can take, which is the flare gun. So you shoot a, <clears throat> shoot at a unit for the first time, if you score a hit, your entire army rerolls to hit against that unit in that shooting phase. So when I really need to delete something, I shoot it with that flare gun first, and I can pump all the damage I want into that unit. 
then after that, I had 20 Arconauts, 10 Arconauts, 10 Arconauts. Um, they're for board presence, basically. There's such a bargain at 90 points. Four up save, and they can spend a gold to reroll to save. They're so good. They're amazing. Um, run and shoot in the first turn. So there's a 28-inch threat range on the hooks if you want it. Um, they can do a little bit across the board, but mainly they're sitting on objectives. They're way harder to kill than most people expect. They're not running away because you either have the chemist, you have the chemist gold, or you have the Arconauts just spending their gold on themselves. Um, and then into sort of the meat of the list, I had 10 Thunderers, all with rifles. They stayed in the boat at all times. Uh, then I had a Gun Hauler. Now, it's, that thing is the biggest piece of bait of all time. It's 150 points with enough damage output to be annoying, but not enough to really put any resources into. So a lot of the time, how I think they're best played is you sit them in a real awkward spot where your opponent either has to go backwards or run to a board edge or away from the objectives or away from where your bunker is or whatever you want, just in the worst spot, teleport them over there, pink some shots off on something you d he doesn't really want you shooting. Um, and see if he turns around and charges it. Because if he turns around and charges it, that unit's going to be out of the game until very late game, if not the rest of the game. Um, and then I had nine engine riggers. So nine's too much to hitch with the uh, the ironclad. This is sort of something that people are asking me on Twitter after, uh, after Leapmar, is why do I take nine? So nine is... I did originally play with three and six, Nine, I found, got the best use out of the once-per-game fight first from Barrett Mourner. Nine is, on the first turn, an 18-inch move and shoots 12 inches, so it's a 30-inch threat range. It means that it's not always hugging my boat, so all my output's not in one place. I can fuck them off up one flank, and I can fuck the ironclad up on another flank. And they either have to split uh, or, or focus one. Which, you know, hopefully if they go for the engine riggers, that's that's cool. Like, they're going to be too far away. You're going to pull way off to go get them. They're going to delete whatever they go over and mess up. Uh, and if they don't quite take them off, they've got a lot of combat output. Um, so Do you find the it's loadout... a bit of a bait unit as well? Where yeah, people absolutely. want to deal with them because they know what they can do. So they put all their stuff into them when you've just got a gold where you can, like... Does your gold allow you to pass battle shock, or does it allow you to yep. reroll battle shock, or what? Yeah, pass, just pass, just flat out pass battle shock. Yeah. So the uh, the problem I found with KO uh, with the teleporting is the same problem you found, Sean, is that you can go over to the objective nine inches away. You've got so much shooting output that you delete whatever's there, but then there's no way to fucking score the objective because your model is too far off the objective if they've just sat one dude on top of the objective. So having that first turn run and shoot means that I can move 30 inches with that unit, put it three inches away from the opponent, which is pretty safe to say is probably at least one model is going to be within six of that objective. Blast that unit off, attack the objective. Are you going to go deal with them or you're not? Um, and yeah, that's, I, I, I really enjoyed them in a nine. Um, I think it makes you play them differently. I don't know if I'd take them in a nine outside of Mornar. I think they do need the hitch, but in Mornar, you can absolutely get away with it because the mobility is huge on the first turn. Um, and then everything else was just wrapped up 
into the Iron Sky command. So it made my whole army, because that also didn't get FAQ'd, um, even if they're not in the battalion, immune to Battleshock if they're wholly within 18 of the Ironclad. Uh, and that base is huge, so that bubble is gigantic. Uh, so the whole army's immune to Battleshock, so hopefully they can spend the gold on other things. Uh, comes to five drops, which most of the time I went first, unless I fought a change host, um, which I fought two over the weekend. I yeah. felt like... I, I, I think in our meta you'll be fine with five drops as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. What I mean by our meta is that um, it's it's still competitive. I'm not poo-pooing on our meta at all. But there's not a lot of people that buy... Because we have a smaller player base, we don't have as many people like buying and building the newest filth as soon as it comes out. Yeah. And it seems like all these newer books more recently can get back to that sort of one to two to three drop. Um, I mean, every book normally has a way of getting to one drop, but it's normally pretty suboptimal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know change about... Host and then well, change host, that's, that's it. That's more the exception than the rule, but yeah, that's like that's always been fucking bullshit. So yeah. Anyway, sorry, bro. Yeah. So five but drops is normally a pretty safe number for us. If you can get to like three to four, you're normally in the money. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit above uh, ideal. Ideally, I'd like to be four, but I want the Arcanauts on the table, um, and I want to play Mourner. So I think five's pretty much as low as I can go. I don't like the list where they don't take many Arcanauts. They're too Droppy and shooty. Um, I think if you want to realistically have a chance at winning a five-game tournament of KO, you need Arcanauts on the board because you can't just rely on engine riggers. They're too squishy. They're too expensive. Um, most of the time, you're going to be hitching with them, so your charges aren't going to be reliable. You just need shit that you can leave around. They can crawl up the board. They're more resilient than people expect them to be. You can contest objectives, and you can do the damage with uh, your really mobiles, mobile stuff. Yeah, which and, is this is, and this is something that I wanted to ask you, bro, because I played a KO player over the weekend, Yeah, and he never, I think he maybe at the most had about 15 models on the board, maybe, yeah. maybe 12, because it was all in the boat. So yeah. how do you find scoring, I mean, and maybe this is a question for the next part you're going to get into, but... I think the Arcanauts on the board, on the board is, is critical because you do need those bodies to score, obviously. But do you think, like, how would you score objectives if most of your stuff's wrapped up in your boat and you're shooting out of your boat? Because it only counts as one from what I understand. Yeah. yeah, and if you're flying it high, which I think people fly it high too much, you can definitely just move it around the board. It moves 10 inches, it's fast enough. Um, scoring objectives is real hard. That's the hardest part about KO, is that it's a surgical army. You move around and you slowly pull the army apart. You don't have the damage output to delete them like you used to. Um, and that means that you need something on the board. You need something that can get within three inches. You need something that can go into combat, which is why I rated the, the big block of engine riggers. Six isn't quite enough output. Nine was heaps. Uh, because the fear is that you accidentally shoot off the whole unit and you, then you can't charge, then you can't get into combat. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, you need to but even then, you're trying to make a nine-inch charge, which is, like, super unreliable. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's why I like that artifact so much, too, is that I can stand really aggressively, really close to my opponent, and realistically, I'm actually a lot further away than 
it seems like a three inch charge is a six inch charge a four inch charge is an eight inch charge i've only got to get six inches away from you and six and a half and you can't possibly charge me so when it comes to a normal in infantry unit if it only moves six i sit 12 and a half inches away from it and now it can't possibly get to me so i can keep holding that objective because either it's going to run on and recontest in which case i can just move a little bit closer to delete it and then the next one has to come through and try to do it again um yeah it's a weird army it's a weird army to play it's very different to anything else i've ever played um i think if i didn't have the practice games with it i wouldn't have done very well at all but upon playing the practice games it was pretty apparent that you can't play it the way that you initially think you can you can't just teleport all around the board uh hitching around these engine riggers with a whole bunch of boats uh and just delete and somehow score objectives you, you still need a main force on the board or enough bodies on the board uh and then a boat with firepower because getting things in and out of your boat is clunky as fuck and i'd probably never really rely on it unless you're running uh, another jank battalion in the ko book where you can um but yeah that's enough about ko anyway man i'm really enjoying it i'm going to be playing it a whole bunch more uh i think it has massive legs I don't think it is bent on the same par as something like Zinch, Bone Daddy's Big Wah, but I think it's strong enough to go 4 and 1, 5 and 0. Oh. Uh, I think that it's a good counter to a lot of these strong lists. Like, I played two change hosts over the weekend and I didn't feel out of the game at, it, at any point. Uh, one of them I did get a minor loss on, on focal points, and really, I just got a little bit of bad luck at the end, lost a, lost a crucial priority roll. The other one I beat um, pretty convincingly, which was nice. Um, it's good against Bone Daddy's Big Wire. I haven't tried yet. It's a lot of wounds, uh, but I think they can definitely rumble with the big boys. There's not a lot that they're super scared of, but it is really fucking hard to play. How did your weekend go anyway, man? Vaping up a storm over there. <laughs> oh, God, still on mute. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, I, was, I was actually asking you a question, but I was on mute. So before we move on to me, uh, I just wanted to ask you, how resilient do you find the boats? Uh, and the reason I'm asking you this is because if you're all in the boats... Obviously, it's one target that people need to shoot if the majority of your army is in this boat. Do you find, or not shoot, attack, do you find that this boat that you're possibly a good chunk of your army is in, or hitching a ride on, or whatever, are they resilient enough? What Do you have any tips for people? Yeah. You know, how, is it easy for people to chew through um, the ironclad, which I think is 20 wounds? Is that right? It's 18. I 18 made wounds? My, I made mine 20. So, uh -huh. uh, so the ironclad itself is super tanky 20 wounds with three up save you can spend a gold on that so you can be 20 wounds with a three up save with a reroll. no after uh, save if you put the gun hauler near it you've got a six up after save so effectively you're 23 to 24 wounds uh that's that's heaps man that's so much i found the whole army is actually a lot more resilient than uh, you know, you got credit for. Uh, 
things inside the boat are impossible to kill. I would pretty much never target things inside the boat. My heroes with minus two to hit with two up saves, like you're not what don't don't target them like no <laughs> but the boat's tanky enough that you can bait with it so like something i did against one of the zench players was i he got i got given first turn i moved my army up i moved my army up in a way whereas first turn he couldn't shoot my boat but second turn if he extended a bit he could shoot my boat but he couldn't shoot my engine rigger sitting behind my boat so I won the priority roll. I gave him the double turn, one into two. He moved six flamers forward and he shot my bot, boat. I popped reroll armor saves on it. So now I'm a four up with a reroll because of his rend. Um, I took, I don't know, nine Sorry, wounds Tommy, or and something. It's a triumph reroll, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, I, it's, it's, so so every it's boat just reroll saves. It's not like reroll failed saves. Nah, just reroll saves. Yeah. So you can reroll those trees then with the whole rend. Yeah. 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 So, so four Funny. up rerollable save in the shooting phase. Or in the combat phase, whenever you want it, is super flexible, makes it super tanky. Um, and then, like, I just baited with it. I put my boat up there. I was like, "You can shoot the boat." Oh no, it's in range. It's twenty-five inches away. Un- unbelievable. Um, they shot it. I've got nine engine riggers sitting behind it, outside of twenty-seven inches, because the boat's base is so fucking big. Um, shot it. Did five, six wounds. Nine engine riggers healed it back to full. Sweet as boat moves around as per normal. And how does that heal work? So each engine rigger you roll a dice for. On a four plus, it heals one wound to the boat. There's a lot of ways to buff it. You can basically heal the boats from completely damaged. Like taking 17. Nah, like everything. Like if it's an 18-wound boat and it's taking 17 wounds, if you've got the right sort of setup, you can take it back to full health. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just the engine riggers that heal? It's, doesn't the Admiral heal as well? So, sure? uh, yes, is the engine rigger, the engine master, the guy in the start collecting, what is it? You know, the Zench versus KO box. He heals a the flat. The War box, yeah. Yeah, he heals a flat three. His command ability pops on the engine rigger, so you re-roll the four plus. Um, boats can heal by themselves. There's other ways to heal the boat and the, the codes and stuff. Um, and the little guy on foot can heal the boat as well. So if you want a super healing army, you can absolutely heal, you know, 15, 16 wounds a turn on your boat. I don't think it's really worth it. I think at that point they'll put so much damage into your boat um, that they'll take it off if it's possible to, or they just won't try it all. They'll just shoot something else. They'll shoot what's on the board. So nine engine riggles is enough to be able to bait heal up to the point where it doesn't matter um, and then let the boat go do whatever it wants. Because the damage output on the boat is sick. It's real good. And it doesn't scale at all. <clears throat> so is it fair to say that the boat is a pretty big centerpiece to your army then, the, the ironclad specifically? Yeah. Um, your whole army not so much runs through it, but gets so much better from it. And then the parts of your army also help out the boat itself. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a linchpin, yeah. but it's a 20 wound with a 3 up save linchpin. It's like yeah. having Archeon as your linchpin, you know? Like, and it's it's not like old KO where you just shove everything into the boat and it just makes you drop no. slower. I think I think that's a mistake, loading the boat up, because all it takes is somebody to surround the boat and kill the boat, and they kill everything in, in, inside it, and you lose a 1,000 points to your army and feel real bad. <laughs> like, GG. 
Cool. Cool, man. Awesome. Um, thanks, Ed. It was super insightful and really good. So, yeah, as you can probably tell, I'm super into KO at the moment. You'll be jamming him for a bit. Um, the army's fucking beautiful as well. Um, thanks so much to Sloan for um, doing such a top-notch effort on it. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you go at Leap Marshall? Yeah, man. So I took... I don't know how to describe this, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I called it old cast. Initially, I called it combat cast, and now I called it old cast because I remembered how many older Stormcast models were in it. Um, it was somewhat of an experiment and somewhat of me trying to um, be a special snowflake and look at some units that haven't been looked at in a while and try bring them out and say, hey, look, these really work. Uh, spoilers, it didn't. It did horribly. It was my worst performance at a tournament. I went one and four over the weekend. Didn't really play any of the armies I expected to. The one army I expected to play, I won. Um, so I built for what I expected the top tables to be. And <laughs> you built yeah. for me, Khan. <laughs> I built for yeah. I built for KO and chain traps. That was actually it. So lists were due on the day, and knowing the player base that I knew was going, I expected there to be some. KO and some chain hosts and there was three KO armies and it was two chain hosts and at an 18 player event it's you know at least 20% of the player field I played one of them I won that game quite handedly the rest of the games I lost to so what my army is so I have a Salison Prime um I just wanted to try him out there was no real reason for this other than I haven't played him in like two or three years I wanted to try him out see if he was good or not um he still does what he's advertised to do. If you can, if he can survive a turn, he's amazing. You know, if you can, you if you can get two turns of him, he's great. Um, but and I think four of my games, five no, three of my games, he only got one turn and then he died. He died on the retaliation. Um, I had a Lord Castellan on Dracoff. So this is the guy that came in the first um, the, the Age <laughs> oh, of Sigma gee. starter box. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, him and Vandus, he's a Vandus model effectively. Uh, so he had Staunch Defender, so I didn't go any Stormhost, and he had Ignexus Scale for the Mortal Wound save. Um, my dice rolls weren't very great over the weekend. Uh, they were like, I'm not blaming my dice rolls, but um, I think it's more just my army is not what I'm used to. I'm used to like twos and threes and consistently good damage and stuff like that. And there was a lot of threes and fours and threes and threes and fours and threes in my army, which is obviously not twos and threes. And um, I didn't enjoy most of it, but I must say, Ignexus scales. I think I must have rolled so twenty good. dice over the weekend for it, and I think I failed too. I rolled like a fucking yeah. boss. Like, give me an Ignexus scales roll, money, make it every time, not an issue. Um, Shalaxi like hit him in the first game for like flat six mortal wounds, and I was like, it takes one. <laughs> Andrew was not happy. <laughs> oh, no. so it, was, it, was re- oh. it was really good. So I can't complain about that at all. So that was pretty solid. I took a Knight Herodo for the run and charge and blow up pieces of scenery, mainly for the run and charge. Uh, Lord Castellant. Um, no, Lord's, yeah, Lord Castellant, because the other guy's Lord Celestin. Uh, for the plus one save, which is which is pretty good. I took a Knight Encanter, uh, and those were my five heroes. And for Battleline, I only had 24 models in my army, by the way, guys. It's a very small army. Battleline, uh, five Judicators and five Judicators, and then five Liberators. And then I had four Fulminators in one unit and an Everblaze Comet. So the crux of this army was I was expecting a lot of shooting. I wanted resilient models. I wanted Staunch Defender. I wanted to give that run. Staunch Defender no longer 
sorry, it now does stack with terrain, so it never used to, but um, it doesn't stack, well, it doesn't work when you charge, and then the next turn it works. Uh, so effectively, I could put all my models, all my heroes, sorry, on a one-up save in the first battle round, um, and then I could put my battle line on a free up if not a two-up save, if there was enough scenery around. The tables at printable scenery are fantastic. The terrain isn't very functionable. What I mean by that is you can't actually get a lot of models in that terrain because there's like a lot of old-school no houses. Yeah, there's no footprint in the terrain. Yeah. No so, footprint in the terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got it yourself, you'd put a footprint around it to make it functional on the table. Yeah, exactly. You just chuck it on a piece of wood or something like that, an MDF piece of wood or something like that. No, MDF? No, I, I had to. That's why I said a piece of wood, and then I had to stop and think about what to say because I was sure I was saying it correct all these years, but then the internet tells me I'm wrong and I'm a dumb motherfucker. So every now and then I have to stop and think. MDF piece of wood. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, you you could do better with it. Anywho, so the uh, and I was 1970 points, which meant I got a triumph like every game, and the triumphs of this army were really good because there's four triumphs in there that I'd really love to use, which was reroll hits, wounds, saves, or a command ability. Battleshock, meh, don't really care about it. And then um, the run and charge one was so-so. And I oh, and I brought an extra CP as well. So I always started with a CP and then two CP when it went to my turn. Um, yeah, the main crux of the army was just to make it resilient so it wouldn't get alphaed off in the first turn of shooting. Having Staunch Defender allows me to make some sloppy plays and sort of get out of jail free card. I was thinking everyone's complaining about OBR and what makes OBR so good. It's the fact that the whole army is like a free up save initially and then they get red. So I was thinking, how can I make my Stormcast free up saves? Oh, I'll put in Staunch Defender and I'll go back that way. Um, there's no abilities in the army whatsoever and this is what was really fucking me off. There's no activation wars there's no extra pile in there's no double attacking there's no out of sequence move there's no teleport other than obviously science of a storm the allegiance ability where i set up in the sky uh but once the army's down it's slow it's really is old cast the celestine prime has some jank with him because he can obviously guarantee a charge but you're paying 340 points for a model that comes down kills you and then dies immediately effectively uh, the Herald of the Run in Charge obviously is probably about as techy as the list gets, to be honest. It's very vanilla. It was like playing an army from 2016, yeah, 2017, so maybe. So for 2017, 2016. Yeah. 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 So I. So the crux, the idea of the list worked. I, I, I played Slanesh in round one. I played four keepers with a Shalaxi in there. I played the White Dwarf Battalion where they get double depravity. And I dropped a comet on Andrew in the first turn, and that one comet hit like five of his heroes and gave him like twenty six to or something. Yeah, yeah. From the <laughs> one like, comet gave him such <laughs> Yeah, and I killed a keeper of secrets in the first turn on the charge of fulminators, and I killed some um, was it untamed beasts, the pregame move yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. And then by the end of turn two, or by his summoning phase turn two, I think he had like eighty some depravity. Uh, so his army was back on the board. Andrew tabled me. Um, we also played Scorched Earth 2019. No, 2018, sorry, 2018. And he he won at the end. Um, I I put two Dracos into 10 Demonets, two Formanos into 10 Demonets on the charge. I uh, was expecting to take him off, and I killed five 
which just reminded me why I hate Fulminators. Uh, the reason for taking Fulminators is to get plus one to save against shooting. So if they're not in cover, they're a one-up rerunning ones or staunch defender um, before any rent modifiers, obviously. And then if they're in cover, they're a zero-up rerolling ones um, if, if you can use a zero-up turn. But effectively, you have to be neg two rend and then they go to a two-up rerolling ones. So... There was a reason why they're there, and because they can charge and do damage under charge. But when you don't have like rerolls outside of reroll ones to command points, uh, free attacks that freeze and freeze quite often turns into like one or two wounds. And then at Ren 1, they make a save, and all of a sudden you've only done three damage. It sucks. Yeah, Ren 1's not enough anymore, right? Eh? <sighs> it really isn't. If like, you got, it if, really if isn't. you got elite attacks like that, Ren 1 is. Um... Way too shit. You need Ren 2 minimum. Yeah, man. It's, it doesn't do the job. It really doesn't do the job. So, Andrew tabled me in turn uh, 5, turn 5 of our game, after it summoned like a 1,000 points back. I then played Jesse with Hagner, and I had, I think, over a 1,000 points left in that game, and he had a cauldron and like two snakes and a five sisters. And I think that was about it. I'd almost tabled him. Um, and then in game three, I played Skaven and I lost some objectives, obviously. But the Skaven guy had like six clan rats and a Vermin Lord left, and I had over a thousand points left as well. So the army wasn't giving up a lot of kill points. It just takes a long time for my army to kill shit, and it just grinds people out, which I kind of expected, but didn't really... Unless the Formidators are all fucking hot, and they did. And in all honesty, in one game, like, four Formidators went in on charge. Spears alone, I think they did, like, 21 damage, which is, like, almost perfect. And that was amazing. But for the most part, eight attacks at freeze and freeze, um, re-rolling ones. Oh, and sorry, the Encanto took Celestial Blades as well. Which is on a five up, you pick a unit hole with an eighteen and you get plus one a wound. So quite often I was making the fulminators um so they freeze hit base and then spend a CP to make them reroll once. So freeze hit, reroll once, and then to wound there were twos to wound with celestial blades. Um to make it a bit more reliable. But no, nah, it was just it was no good, it was shit. I'd rather just take like evocators on cats and take a, a Lord um Castellan no Lord Castellan, Lord Arcanum on cat and just give them more attacks to be honest the yeah. more attacks seem to vastly outweigh the reroll ones to hit and so on 20 so more and you got some mortal wound output eh? yeah yeah it was just more like i need i want a resilient hero so that's like a lord cast down and the formulators themselves are resilient like yeah. when i played the ko army with the shooting it was just amazing it was just so good <laughs> like the the whole army just worked to perfection um it did exactly what I thought it was going to do. He took turn one. He shot me. He charged me. He did all of six wounds across my whole army. And then I tabled him by turn three, I think it was, because he just couldn't kill me. And it was just, it was just, it worked so well. It was just very, very good. Um, but then every other match I played, I played Flesh Eaters at the end. I'd kill shit, would just come back. I couldn't kill it quick enough. I couldn't kill the heroes because they were too far away. So he was just summoning shit back and bringing units back. Or I would kill, like, I dropped a prime on, I think, five? No, it wasn't five. It was four flayers, um, crypt flayers. And I did, like, nine wounds and left one guy in. And he summoned, like, four of them back the next turn and killed the prime. And I was like, oh, God. You know, <laughs> it was just, like, my weekend. It just was never enough. There's not enough tech in the army. It feels old. It feels slow. Staunch Defender is, yes, still viable. 
Um, I don't think my army's optimal at all. I don't think it's a good army. I'm, I'm going to say that now. I don't think it's like, I'm not sitting here being like, poor me, I lost with a very good army. I didn't lose <laughs> with a very good army. I lost with an army that has 24 bodies and one of those bodies stays off the off the table for three turns. Um, the Prime's cool. The Prime's cool. He just... Yeah. I love like the Prime. He's good I in Starstrike. Like, he just, yeah. Say what you're going to say. Bro. If you write up your list, how many points have you spent on elite shit? Like, I'm talking the Prime, the Comet, and the Fulminators before even buying the buff pieces. Like, you got, what, 480 points of Fulminators? 100 points for the Comet, 580, and then the Prime on top of that, 880. It's just about 1,000 yeah. points before adding yeah. the buffs. And that's like... Mm-hmm. And then you have to buff them to do more damage or do more. Yeah, but the prime works by himself because he's a hero, yeah. right? So he can Absolutely. give himself reroll ones with a CP. Yeah. So he's, he's fine. Just he's very like the same. Yeah. The Fulminators, on the other hand, need something babysitting him. And then as soon as they get stuck 13 inches away from the Heralder, he can no longer buff him because his buff range is wholly within 12. Which is another issue with Stormcasters. All the buff ranges are very small and the bases are very big, except for Celestial Blades, which is the reason I took it because it's a wholly of an 18 inch buff, which is actually somewhat practical in a Stormcast army. Um, so, yeah, the, prime, the Prime's cool. Staunch Defender still works. I hate Fulminators. If I was going to do it again, I'd probably do it in a Celestial Vindicators list, which was the other list I was thinking of doing. Me and, me and Chris Welfare were actually talking about this um, through the week last week. Um, bouncing some list ideas back and forth and uh, the premise was it was going to be Celestial Vindicator so you got reroll once on charge and then for a CP you got uh, one extra attack so for Fulminators would get eight extra attacks if there was four of them because it got two attack profiles so yeah, Sword Defender worked, there was not enough bodies I could not cap or hold objectives effectively, I could in the late game because my army was around because it's resilient and my opponent's army was dead. You but just go down heavy early game, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played Zane with his Skaven, and I think he killed all my Battleline in the first two turns. And I was like, cool, I've got nine models now and six different units <laughs> yeah. running around the board. <laughs> so, so like, all he'd killed was my battle line, and I'd almost tabled him, but... All he needed was like two guys in a unit, and he was, and I couldn't kill it, or like three guys in a unit and a hero on an objective, and I was like, "Fuck, I can't kill this because I have to split my attacks." Um, so he played it. He played it really well. Um, yeah, it's it's a shit army. It's a shit army. <laughs> <laughs> in summary, it's a shit army. I would not it, recommend it, it. It does not count as inch, is what you're saying. But, oh, yeah. I never played Zinch, and I like, and yeah. I'd like to because the whole it, army would have be super resilient. But I never got the opportunity to because I couldn't beat the other armies that I thought I could beat because yeah. I was planning for the meta, and because I planned for the meta and forgot about all the other armies. I couldn't plan to play four keepers of the nation in the first turn, in the first game. Sorry, like yeah. what the fuck? Like there's maybe one jank army like that at a tournament of fifty players. We're here with 18 players, and I play it in round one. I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. You know, and I, I don't hate that matchup at all because my armor saves help me against his speed because 
I can deploy and he can alpha me and I should survive for the most part. But I kind of forgot about Locus in that game. So <laughs> I forgot that, that Zinch could just Locus you and make you fight last. So I was, I was well fucked because I was like, I want to attack you, but I can't because I'm going last. And you pile in twice and that is the game. So yeah, it's, I think elements of it have play. Um, judicators are always really good, especially in this Chaos Heavy meta. Um, the Lord Celestin on Drakoff is he's a pretty tanky seven wound hero with Staunch Defender. Uh, 220 points. Probably a bit more than what I would like him to be, to be honest. The Celestin Prime's good, but in an army where you're already paying a premium for your units to do fuck all, it's hard to fit. ally than he is a Stormcast unit. I think he would be... I think he's a good... Yeah, I agree with that. To, to like, yes, to get straight to your point, yes. Um, the long answer would be, I think you could fit him into a Stormcast army. I just don't know really how. Um, maybe if you're playing with some Shirtcast, I'm not too sure. I probably wouldn't take the Comet and the Encanter again. They both did a lot of work over the weekend, but I'm really struggling for points and bodies in this army, so that would probably be the first thing to go to. It would free up 240 points. Yeah. I don't know what you'd do with that 240 points. I would probably change the Fulminators to Concusses. Um, the Concusses are just consistent two damage and they have mortal wound output. And they stop people piling in as well, which is really cool. They stop motherfuckers piling in on you. I um, fucking absolutely love Concusses. Yeah, I know you got a stiffy okay. over Concusses. Yeah, just, just two. Just a unit of two. Like, you're rolling six dice, you should get one six, and they've done their job. Like, they don't need to kill fuck all. Who cares? Their entire rest of the unit can't pile in. It's so strong. Yeah, so what we're talking about, guys, if you don't know the rule, is concussors have like a, a blast with mortal wounds attack. So they hit on freeze, they wound on freeze, they have three attacks each. Uh, if you roll an unmodified six, they do a mortal wound in addition to their damage. If you suffer a mortal wound this way, you can't pile in um, the attacking unit so... that attack them. So you could charge a unit of you know, half-guard berserkers, for example, and mm -hmm. you could tag one corner of them. You could hit them with this, do a mortal wound. You just have to hit them with a mortal wound, from what I understand. Maybe they have to suffer yeah. it. I don't know. I don't think they have to suffer it. I think they just have to be hit by the mortal wound, and they can no longer pile in. So they can fight you twice, but they can't pile in, you know. It, so you're only going to get fuck all in. If you do it, you need to take two man units. You can't take four. The base size is too big to get them in. So you're basically uh -huh. going into combat anyway. You need just small little two-man units to be the biggest pain in the ass. Tag them into combat, stop them piling. <clears throat> really good. I, I, I really rate them. Yeah, so the rule says if a unit suffers any mortal wounds this way, it cannot pile in later that phase. So if half-guards have four-ups, then you, know, you might have an issue if they save it. But that's just something to keep in mind. I do think concussors are the best out of the Draconian Dracoff guard, Draconian guard, whatever they're called. The well, they're anti-meta. Who doesn't have a double pile in these days, which is a heavy combat armor? You know, you got ah, yeah. Fix, Slaves of Darkness, Lanesh, Fire Slayers. Like, how good Corn. are those four armies? Corn. And if they can't pile in on their double pile in, like if they're just hitting with one guy again, their damage output sucks. We take it wider, something that piles in and attacks when it dies as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know. just no, just you can't. Sorry. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah. Super anti-meta that unit. Yeah. So in summary, my army was shit. Uh, Staunch Defender does work. I think you put it on Stardrake because the Stardrake serves as a role as like bait, but it's 500 points of bait in an army that again costs so yeah. many points. The army is very much overcosted. It's begging um, for a new book now, Stormcast, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, which I guess is a good segue into um, what we the, second, talk the, about. The, the later part of the show. I guess we'll yeah. start off with Corn. We'll start with a more positive note. Eh? Oh, we're, well, we're already on Stormcast. Let's fucking just dick hole through Stormcast and go into Corn. Oh. Well, I was hoping <laughs> to have a drink and have a vape <laughs> and get you to talk, but you've just completely ruined that plan, so thanks a lot. Um, so Stormcast, so Battle Time overview. So why are we doing this? We still get downloads on our Stormcast Battle Time, amazingly enough. Uh, Stormcast Battle Time show, that show came out like 18 months ago. Yep. We're still getting downloads on it. It fucking amazes me. So many people uh, have Stormcast armies, and they're just, I think some people are just, I really listen to old podcast episodes on Bits and Bobs sometimes too, just to see if there's something I forgot about or... Maybe there was something that they were playing or thinking about at the time that wasn't good at the time, but now it is. Um, I think that maybe that's the reason why. Yeah, and I think Storm Coast, Storm Cast, sorry, is an interesting one because, as you said, it's very popular. Uh, I think everyone owns a Stormcast model, but like, no one's really cracked the code yet. No one has come up with like a consistently successful army that you can take to a tournament and should win. There's armies that you can take that do well, but none of them have, like, consistently won events. Um, They're very, like, Space Marine issue, you know? Like, they're really good. Space Marines are fucking good, bro. Really good. Space Marines are good. Yeah, I know. I know, but so was was the Gav Bomb when it came out. So was fucking Stormcast. If you had no imagination, then you'd play Gav Bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Stormcast in 2016 was the hottest shit ever. Now it's not. Yeah, but that's just because they had a new book and and there was another book. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so Allegiance abilities, you can set up in the sky, you come down nine inches away. It's Everyone can do it now. It's almost an absolutely, you need need to be able to do it. So, good. Every army has a teleport. I I don't know what it is. Uh, one part of it that you might forget is that you're minus one to hit when you come down um, for that turn. It doesn't mean anything unless you can make a nine-inch charge. Yeah. You can make Problem a nine-inch charge. Yeah. You've got no buffs to charge outside of Gav, do you? Yeah, and Gav's limited to one host, and yeah. it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, command traits, all I'll talk about is Staunch Defender, otherwise the rest is shit. Yeah. Um, artifacts of Power, the only one I'll talk about is the Mindlock Staff. Which is goes on oh, a wizard. Man. I forgot all about that item. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's awesome. Goes on an arcanum or an encanter. Oh, yes. I always want to get it in a list, but the issue is you take a storm host and you have to take that artifact. If you take a battalion and stormcast, kind of rare. You probably want Ava Court's brooch. If you get two battalions into the army, that's a fucking miracle and, and no one's ever done that outside of t- <laughs> 2,500 points. Then you might take a mind lob staff. Um, but what it is, is once per battle, at the start of an enemy hero phase, you can pick an enemy wizard within 12 of the bearer. That wizard cannot cast any spells that phase. Uh, so, How good is that? So yeah. good. So, what, what, what have we got running around at the moment? we got... Order change. Pe- we got Petrogash, yeah. who is just ridiculously strong. Uh, we've got Lord of Changes, not really actually running the Zenchless. Uh, we've got this 
Yeah, but you got a Kairos, maybe. Yeah, Kairos is way more of a threat. We've got this baggy pants fucking techless guy. He's going to be a big dick caster. Four spell caster. Yeah. This <clears throat> magic, magic is very strong in Age of Sigmar at the moment, and that artifact is also very strong because of that. Even a Gaunt Summoner trying to chuck Demon Fire yeah. through your arm. Yeah. You know. um, so classically yeah. what you would do with this is you put the wizard in the, you know, you put the wizard in the sky, and then when you deploy him out of the sky, you get within 12 of the wizard you want to use this on, and you're outside of 9. That's assuming they haven't chaffed up that wizard. If they leave that wizard exposed somewhat and you can get within 12, that's what you do. Or if you've got a teleport, I thought it's the same thing. I'm not going to say that. That's fucking stupid. That makes it's, it discredits so, everything I know about this army because I'm going to make a dumb point. So it's the enemy hero phase. So what you can almost do as well is you can just run him up the board yep. really aggressively. So you can come within that nine inches. And then when the hero uh-huh. phase starts, you can pop it. So if you're playing a Zench list who has an allied Slave Starkness Wizard, probably a Gaunt Summoner, you know, you know what he wants to do. They've got all the endless spells and the wizards to jack it up and make the demon rift do stupid damage. Really, yep. they want to put out massive damage turns one and two, those Zench armies. Uh-huh. So that late game, they can roll through and beat you with their horrors. And that artifact is just going to turn that whole that whole shit off. I know it's not an encanter. Like, encanter would be better again. But it's a, it's another thing that doubles up. Like, they can't cast anything. It's not you just can put they it on can't an cast that spell. Yeah. 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 So, do you, so what? So you put on an encounter. The encounter gets close enough, locks off that wizard, one wizard. If there's another wizard, then they auto unbind that next one spell. So, you know. Yeah. It's it's good. It's good. And yes, if you're playing in an 18 inch mission, you can deploy them on the line. The only issue is with Stormcast, it generally high drops, so you can't guarantee the first turn. But if you do build low enough, yeah. you could love get to give turn. away first turn, dude. Like, yeah, they don't like every time I play Stormcast. Yeah. Every time I play Stormcast, they give it to me. And yeah. um, for the most part, they do. Not always, but like 80% of the time, they would. Um, the spell law is pretty shit. It's pretty shit. Yeah. Like, um, there's nothing really in there that will take your Stormcast army and push it into the meta. There's nothing game breaking. There's absolutely nothing there that nobody else could do or that stops people doing that, what they want to do. Yeah. But when we get to prayers, that's, uh-huh. that's where the money's at. So there's there's a prayer in here, which I've been yelling at people about for some time. Oh, talk to us about Divine Light. No, nobody wants to fucking listen to me. Um, so there's a prayer called Divine Light. So pick a unit, hold with an 18, righty ra, three plus. If you pick an enemy unit, you reroll hit rolls of one, whatever. That's where it starts. And I think that's where everyone turns off. What it says further down there is if you pick a friendly unit, so now pay attention to that not just being Stormcast, that's any friendly unit. So because Stormcast can ally anything from the order faction, you can pick absolutely anything in the order faction and put this buff on them. So unmodified hit rolls of six that target that unit they have to re-roll. So it's not just the melee phase, it's the shooting phase as well. <laughs> when Fex coming out, the Slanesh is coming out, man, how many things 
really want sixes on hit rolls. Like Slanesh absolutely fizzes it. Feck was absolutely fizzing it. Uh, it's, rage first, uh, that's, it's, that's great it's again. The, it's the unimaginative rule that every yeah. army's getting, Light which is a massive buff. Uh, a six to hit is basically uh, a six to hit becoming two wound rolls is more or less the same thing as plus one a hit. So, what you're doing is you're taking their plus one a hit and you're taking it off them. It's so good, so anti meta. All these new armies come out with this stupid fucking rule. Which is so copy and paste, and that prayer just turns all of it off. You can put it on anything as well, which is what makes it even stronger. Pick it up, put it anywhere on your army. Doesn't matter if it's an ally or if it's Stormcast, shove it into combat. Good as gold. Yeah, it definitely hasn't really had anyone talked about it or any play, for that matter of fact. So no. I've never played with it because. Normally you want to take one of the other good prayers, translocation, um, and no one ever really plays with more than two relictors. And if yep. they have, it's normally me, and I normally have translocation on both for redundancy and for board positioning. You don't really see three relictors in an army or three veritants because veritants have a priest. Uh, Bless Weapons is probably the other good one. Pick a unit. Uh, Holocon 18 on the 4+. plus. Every time you roll it, I'm going to play 6. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah, me that you get two hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's a friendly unit. Hold with an 18 on a 4+. plus. Every time you hit with a 6, you do an additional hit. Um, so you make two wound rolls instead of one. And in translocation, it's probably the other one that everyone's seen. Um, pick a unit, hold with a 9. On a 3+, plus, you can teleport the unit anywhere on the board more than 9 inches away. That's it. You can't double up. Uh, you can double up in prayers. You can't um, prayer the same one twice in a row. Um, so you can't use the same prayer twice in the same phase. So what I uh, take away from Stormcast is when we're looking at buff pieces, the stuff that keeps up with the meta is their prayers. So every new army the has, has to have a teleport or has to move really fast. Stormcast doesn't really move really fast. They've got a teleport here. They keep it up with the rest of the armies. It's in your prayers. All these new fucking armies with sixes to hit do blah, 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 blah. It's in your prayers. You want to stop that sixes to hit, blah, 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 happening. It's in your prayers. If you want to take a Stormcast army and buff it, and you want to put out these modern buffs, they're all in your prayers, and they've been here the whole time. Fuck the plus one to save on one unit guy. Like, it's nice, but we've got Petrifex out there doing it on their entire army. Whatever. The run and charge guy, retreat and charge guy. We've got entire armies doing that. Like, you've got the prayers here <clears throat> that really make the difference. The teleports, the massive bonuses to your damage output with the sixes doing extras. The massive resilience with the reroll sixes. Like, these things aren't guaranteed, but they're on three plus the majority of them. Blessed weapons on a four plus, I think, is probably the worst of the three anyway. See only one in four plus. Yeah. Um Yeah. Like so good. Yeah. Relictors are so strong. The the issue with the Stormcast army, or one of the issues, is they have more hero choices than most armies have units to pick from. They legitimately have twenty some heroes. Um I might have to count that in a bit. They probably have about fifteen heroes or so. They have a lot of heroes. And your hero slots go quick. 
and quite often you're not going to be running two to three relictors. Um, but the prayers, uh, I agree, they keep them relevant. And I think the best Stormcast armies lean on some of your prayer selection there. Um, Mount Traits, bro. Um, this they're all they're all pretty crap except the what is it the Drakov? No, not the Drakov. The Drakaline. The Drakaline yeah. ones are all very good. There's a trick with the Star Drake as well. Yeah, the Star Drake being a mortal wound bomb is, um, which I think I talked about on Coach's show like a year ago. Oh, yeah. um, but effectively, it is uh, stormed winged. So after this model has moved, so moved just says move, doesn't say normal move. You can pick one enemy unit this model has passed across and roll a dice on a 2 plus that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. Uh, so a, a move is just defined as any time this model moves that isn't a setup. So that includes movement, obviously a normal move, um, a run is Violence. a move, a pile is a move, a charge is a move. So effectively, if you can line up the trifecta, if you move normally or run if you can run and charge with a herolder you go over a unit you roll two plus to take d3 mortal wounds when you charge so as long as the charge is big jumping enough all the way over the unit either we're talking about no, you, you just getting across. to the very millimeter of the front of the base and then going back three inches and there's yep. nothing there and now you've passed over it two plus you do it and because of and because of star drake flies it can do that yep. um then when you charge as long as you roll a big enough charge you go slightly over the base you come back a half inch that's another two plus D3 mortal wounds. And then when you pile in, you can pile in over someone's base and then come back. And that is another D3 mortal wounds on a two plus. And then the Sardrake can potentially eat three models. So this is where the Sardrake turns into a mortal wound bomb and a horde killer. Um, so that's the cool one. 3D3 mortal wounds from its mount trait every turn. Which is really good. Which, which is really good. Yeah. Really good. Um, and then otherwise, I'd just say read all the Dracoline ones. Um, Pride Leader, which is add one to hit rolls for Dracoline units, Holy Open 9 is the best one um, because it buffs himself and it makes all and it just says Dracoline units. And the Evocators have the Dracoline keyword, the hero that is on the Dracoline has the Dracoline keyword, and it doesn't say mount, add one to mount attacks, it's just add one to attacks. So your Evocators go to top attacks to hit, which is amazing. Uh, then we've got Stormhost, uh, Hammers of Sigma. Um, pretty po unless you're running Gav. Um, Hello, Knights, I'd, which is how my army is. Sorry? None of these, I don't think, are very... Like, there's good ones here. It's Helden Hammer. It's, it's Helden Hammer. That's it. There's, there's bad ones here. It's, yeah. But there's it's, nothing that really... Other than, yeah, Anvils. Yeah. Nothing's that's, really... That's it. Anvils that are Helden Hammer. Spin the CP, you can attack in the hero phase or shoot in the hero phase. Yeah. That is effectively it. And that is why you see nine long strikes and anvils and most songcast lists these days. Elicit, by the way, we pioneered like, I don't know, two years ago, 18 months Fucking ago. Ever ago. Yeah. Like, oof, we're probably not the OGs because we're not the only people that live in this world. No, absolutely not. But we've been definitely promoting this for a long here time. shouting about shitcast for years. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've played it to the point where I'm bored of it now. I know Danny's going to listen to this and say, well, actually, I was playing A for Strike two or three years ago whenever it came out. Yeah, Denny, everyone played A for Strike, and it was boring as fuck, and it was better than Anvils of the Helden Hammer because your whole army almost stood in one battalion, and every time a unit in that battalion died, everyone got to shot what killed it. That was super abusive, and it was no fun. Um, 
And it was like the best fucking battalion in that book as well. So it's like, it's not hard. Same with Anvils of the Heldenhammer. It's like the best storm host in this book. And it's just not hard to like super max units and get abusive. It wouldn't surprise me if they made long strikes like max unit of six in the new book whenever that comes out. If they um, kept Anvils the same way, I wouldn't be surprised. Get the yeah, good clean treatment. Yeah, good news. I'm told it's coming out this year um, and there'll be some big changes to it, but I don't know much beyond that. But yeah, really, it's it's Anvils. Celestial Warbringers, maybe, if you're looking for some jank, because that's... Uh, sorry, not Celestial Warbringers. That's rubbish. Astral Templars. That's a monster one. Tempest Lords is really cool. We've talked about this list a couple of times now. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, because Tempest Lords, you get an Overcourt's Brooch as, you, as your artifact that you have to take. You take another Overcourt's Brooch. Um, I put three cats, uh, Evocators and Draglines, into Tubby's Archeon like two months ago. <laughs> and the three cats had 12 oh, command points to kill them, I think. Two cats killed Archeon. <laughs> that's right, because everyone attacked the other one the Chaos crack. Lord. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Um, but effectively, long story short, is I spent about 12 CP on that unit because reroll once and then spammed a bunch of extra attacks. Um, I think I want to play that at a tournament, but that means I have to paint my models like to tabletop standard and currently they're barely painted. They're like based and that's about it. They're orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, so the storm host is pretty shit other than anvils. Uh, if you want to play with all the special characters from the lore, you need to play Hammers of Sigma. So that's like your Gav Bomb, your Vandis, um, your uh, what's the girl with the axes, Black Talon, whatever her name is that no one ever plays. Uh, War Scrolls, Mainly pretty shit, what's, to be honest. What's what's keeping up though? Aether Wings are long strikes. It's good. We've yep. talked about them to death. Yeah. Aether Wings so, are one of the best units in the game when they are with long strikes. Yeah, they have to have some sort of Vanguard Raptor with them to make him charge in the enemy charge phase or just move. And yep. again, it's a move. It's not a normal move. People have been talking about them being able to go in and out of combat. They can. They actually put it in a white dwarf like four months ago and no one realized, uh, including myself. I didn't realize as well until quite recently. Um, I was reading over a white dwarf and I found it and they actually specifically aren't asked, can they go in and out of combat in this janky way that Sean's been doing for over a year and a half? And they said, yes, yes, they can do that. And I said, good. I feel validated. <laughs> I need I need validation because I thrive off it, I guess. Um but yeah, Prime really, is good. the prime's good as an ally. Yeah, you're ally. looking at long strikes and Aether wings, and then whatever you can fit around them. Lord Relictus, Lord Aquilas. Uh, the Stormcasts are becoming very single-minded, and I don't like it yeah. because they have so many models. And I'm I'm super low on Stormcasts, as you can probably tell, because there's no energy in my voice. I mean, the Billy is anyway, but no, nah, like I love my Stormcasts. The book is so old. The book is so outdated. The book has no activation wars stuff. Like, they can't activation wars whatsoever. There's not a lot of damage multipliers in this army. If you're taking the Lord Arcanum on Dracoline, you can buff the Evocators on Dracolines. Uh, if you're taking Vandus, which I don't think anyone has ever taken in their life, he gives everyone plus one to attack Holy from 12, I think it is. You can stack that command ability. I can't believe no one's done that with a Gav Bomb yet. I've been waiting for someone to still Gav Bomb with Vandus and then make him pop that. 
Um, I think you just run out of CP now that you can't take multiple, don't you? Like, you run out of CP and you run out of points, man. The army is yeah. so expensive. Like The army is so expensive. I think one but, of the biggest traps in the book, I think the Comet is way too expensive at 100 points. I think all it is the 100 now. point spells When it came out, it was expensive. fucking amazing. But yeah. now it's just, no. Yeah, I think, like, what's left at 100 points? Comet and Rat Trap, and I think they're both too expensive. And they should both go down to 80. And an army that has inherently no pluses to cast outside Celestial Warbringers and having a Star Drake in your list, there's no pluses to cast in the army. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, don't... I I wouldn't chase it. Because the amount of effort you have to put into it, the amount your wizards cost per cast... Per, uh-huh. uh, so I'm talking about per cast. So one wizard, cheapest wizards, 120 points. Correct. I can that buy myself awful. a shitty fungoid shaman that costs 90 points, cast two spells, and it's more resilient than him. Yep. Like, no, yep. don't do it. And he That's... gets more buffs. Like, if you can't compete with it, don't do it. Yeah. You can take I'll... one, don't take multiple. Mm-hmm. I love my Stormcast army, but it's outdated. It's old. It's overpointed. It's got very narrow-minded in how it plays. If you come up against the Stormcast army, there's probably three versions of lists you're going to see. You're going to see a Gav Bomb, which is Gavriel Shawheart, goes in the sky with a unit of, like, Secretors or probably Evocators or maybe Paladins. Um, it's a blast from the past, Paladins. Yeah. And what Gav does is he gives everyone whole even 12 plus 3 inches to charge, so you drop 9 inches away, you can, you can spam this command ability, you can spend it 3 times to guarantee a charge. So whatever your roll is going to be, if you spend it three times, you're going to be plus nine to charge on 2d6. Uh, so you're going to get into whatever you, whatever you drop on. Um, that army has no activation wars. It can charge, and then it can go last. Um, it's got no way to increase its buff multipliers, like its, its hits and so on, or it's it's got reroll ones, I guess, for a CP, but you probably spent them more on charge. Can't give more attacks, can't do anything like that can't make the army resilient you can't buff that unit because it starts in the sky and you can't buff units wider in the sky so it's really a one trip pony it's drop charge delete stuck effectively yeah. uh the second army you'll probably see is going to be what i've been talking about which is long strikes with a for wings and some teleportation shenanigans um that's probably the more common army you'll see these days and then the third army you'll see is probably someone who just like stormcast and they just bring like a hodgepodge bunch bunch of units and just like random shit um so i can't really account for that but it'll just be like someone who likes the models and likes to run a bunch of random crap other than that i don't see any materialists emerging anytime soon i'd like to um maybe an honorable oh sorry you go you go i'd like to see how the old soul strike brotherhood would go especially with cinch being so strong in the meta i don't know if castigators do enough damage anymore but because Zinch is so good, they might be okay, but the they got the same problem that are you going too far down the countering one army sort of chain? Can you make that army into something else as well as having that good shooting backup for when you get to those Zinch matchups? I think you probably can. It would be a lot more interesting than spamming long strikes. Um, yeah, you, you'd definitely have to do a bit of work on the list though. You better get it low drops too. You better get it down to the five six range, which would be a lot of a help for Stormcast at the moment because they really, 
need to be able to control the drops a little bit because when yeah. they've done best, st- when, when Stormcast do best is when Stormcast control drops. Correct. If they can choose who goes first or second, Stormcast are good. If they can't, Stormcast at the moment are bad. Yep, I totally agree with that, bro. The most success I've had with my Stormcast yep. has been um, when they... Uh, below drop. Yeah, like we're talking one to two to maybe yeah. three drops. Yeah. Um, the issue with with Soul Strike is that you're probably typically only going to get two units of nine castigators. So that's 18 castigators. They're only going to get the extra attack the turn they drop. That's only 36 shots at rank one, damage one. The, um, the, ex- can... the explosion on the, on, on the, on the cinch is quite nice. Yeah, and what you would do as well is you put a Lord Arcanum on Drift Charger and you'd spend a CP, so that way they can reroll once and they're in two. Yeah. So they don't have to choose either or, they can do both. Um, but you're still at max, only looking at 36 damage, which is, what, enough to kill not a unit of horrors? <laughs> like, no. like a no. chicken well, and a Lord of Change and a, and a hero, yeah. you know, because he's not going to get all of it in. Yeah, so, I found Zinch players most of the time burn all of their CP because they know how they have their dice. Yeah. But and they want the Fate Master buff. They can't do anything about that because oh. they're playing Change House that leaves them with one spare CP. What are they going to use it for? The turn they really want to cast good, they'll pop it on the chicken. Now they're oh. relying on Destiny dice for their CP. That's the turn you need to go in. You need to do thirty damage to those horrors, which seems like a fucking shitload because it is a shitload. They're pretty easy to do a lot of damage to. Up to that sort of numbers, you really have to pump in there. But at that point, you're saving yourself an extra 20 points of damage. They lose it off the board. The yeah. battle shot. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is weird that a demon army is susceptible to battle shot. But one of the best ways to kill horrors is to wait for them to go to zero CP and then go in on their horrors. And go on and hard and make them battle yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and then, sorry, lastly, the honourable mention to maybe the fourth Stormcast army you'll see will be like a Star Drake with Staunch Defender, yeah. which I still think is is a viable list. I don't think it's a winning list. I don't, I don't yeah. think you're going to win a tournament with it, but you could go 3-2, 4-1 maybe. It's real matchup I, dependent, and you're not going to have I any bodies in the army. One of the more interesting Stormcast lists you could play. But it's not fucking interesting. It's just I have a guy that has 16 wounds and a top reroll in one saves. Yeah, yeah, it's what you and take And if you're a smart cunt, you put Ignax's skull on it, and not some dumb fuck who's like, oh, put that fucking pelt on it that bounces mortal wounds back. Fuck that. Stop <laughs> doing that and stop telling me it's a good idea. It's not. The Star Drake's idea is not to kill people. It's there to be a support piece and a fucking bullet magnet and to do mortal wounds as it charges and piles in and runs over people and to pop heroes with Rain of Stars. Stop trying to deflect fucking wounds at, like, chaff units that you shouldn't be in combat with anyway when you can ignore half the mortal wounds that are coming at you you stupid fucks <laughs> oh it gets me so mad <laughs> oh anyway rage I'm, rage bait i'm getting quite passionate about my stormcast now i think we should um we should i think on. we should allow me to go to the loo I'm not done ranting about the Sardro. <laughs> you got more? Just realise I'm not done. <laughs> All right, now bring us back. 
I'm going to continue ranting about the surgery. <laughs> Good. And half the point of the Star Drake is not there to bounce mortal wounds back at people with that stupid pelt because what counters that? Because it's all unmodified as well, by the way, guys. So you're like, oh, I can bounce mortal wounds back on a four. It's fucking fantastic with Staunch Defender and the Lantern. But most of the shit that you'll be fighting has Ren, so it's just going to negate that ability anyway. <laughs> most armies have access to mortal wounds. And the point of the Star Drake isn't to push it into fucking units and get it to kill the units. Half the point of the Star Drake is for you to tell your opponent it's an unkillable model and psychologically fuck them. So they start thinking, I gotta kill this unit because this guy's telling me it's unkillable. Fuck that arrogant prick, I'm gonna kill the Star Drake. Then you go, go, sweet, kill the Star Drake while I run around scoring objectives and you can't fucking kill him anyway, you dumb fuck, because he's got a one up rerolling one saves and a four up mortal wound save. Stop putting the fucking pout on it, people. It's so dumb. Anyway, it's, oh, God, I had to come back to that. I took a piss Man, between the rant, and I came amazing. back. It's, oh, it's, it's annoying. It's bait. <laughs> it's fucking bait. If you're playing against it, ignore it. Do not put your banners and your champions and your musicians in the front of units because he'll eat it. Don't put the fucking... I don't even know what the artifact's called, but I know what it does. Um, it's a, like... You know, when you roll a six, you bounce a mortal wound back, yeah. you know, and, and people are like, oh, if I get the perfect scenario of my Star Drake, he will have a one-up re-rolling saves because he'll have Staunch Defender, he'll have Lantern Shield, so that's two plus to his save. He's going to have this pout, and every time he re-rolls ones, he bounces mortal wounds back to your one within three, and then if he heal, and then if he rolls a four plus on that re-roll, he's going to bounce back another mortal wound, and he's also going to heal. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but when do you get the fucking perfect storm in this game? Like most opponents are not stupid enough to allow you to do whatever you think they're going to let <laughs> you do in your head. Yeah, and Honestly. like, and, oh yeah, like fucking Mortec guard with two renders is going to ruin it. They're going to be like, cool, you, uh, you know, <laughs> like this three of us, and I take a mortal wound, whatever. Like, fuck, like I mean. They're, Admittedly, Ignexus Scales isn't going to help you in a Mortec Guard matchup, but in like a Zench matchup, in a big War matchup, in any fucking matchup where your opponent has mortal wounds, which is every army, by the way, it's going to be more beneficial. No one's going to play 400 clan rats and run 400 clan rats at the Star Drake where that <laughs> hypothetically might be a better situation. It's. Uh, I fucking hate this army. I'm so done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start talking about Stormcast? Can we start talking about Corn, please? <laughs> so I love Stormcast, but Jesus Christ, I don't uh, like what it's done to me. It's made me a worse player at Warhammer because I've effectively it. shot people twice a turn for the last eighteen months. And people are like, "Oh, you used to be good, Sean." I'm like, "Yeah, because I used to have to fucking think and interact instead of just shooting twice a turn." That was anyway. Anyway, save me, bro. I'm going to mute from it. Yeah, you man. take the lead on. Yeah, man. So, Fuck, I'm hot. <laughs> so, so now that we're uh, we've put the Stormcast book in the bin, let's let's get on to corn. So, corn's been out for quite a while now, uh, but corn come out before uh, before maybe yeah maybe it was one of the starter books uh, to this rampage we had last year where we had like a dozen books in a year. Yeah, it was it was Gloomspite, then it was Fekinslanesh, I mean, Fekinskaven, and then Corn slid yeah. in somewhere after them, maybe, but before Fire Slayers. Yeah. I think and it was it a sort of, It sort of fell into the Gloomspite 
gaps though as say Feck and Skaven are still super viable super strong uh, with a lot of their book but I think Corn and Bloom Spider sort of stuck in that bubble where they're a little bit one dimensional with what they can do but they do still have ways to fight in the meta or counter the meta or you know not be irrelevant is the most important thing about the book um and that's because the book is amazing until you get to the war scroll end of the book and that end of the book is a little bit i don't i don't get it uh it's a combat based army and then you look at their combat units you're like fuck me what's going on here uh so what are the things that keep them keep them relevant the allegiance ability is really good the summoning from the allegiance ability is really bad uh it can pull pull you out of shitty scenarios every now and then uh you can cornhole someone absolutely but the strength in the allegiance ability is is (laughs) the first two uh, the first three is what corn has always been strong for which is one the you automatically unbind a spell but that's not how it's worded automatically the spell is not successful so anything that says the spell is cast and cannot be unbound you can stop it with two blood type points which is so strong uh there's a hero coming out who casts for free that can't be unbound that can stop it though Gracie is rolling 13s. That can't be unbound. That can stop it, though. Uh, we've got Petrogash rolling around. We've got Zench. Actually, Zench can't cast for shit. Don't worry about Zench. Uh, Kairos, maybe, and Zench. Uh, <clears throat> that that two blood type points can stop that super critical spell going off. You know, if you look back at Stormcast, they're paying 140 points for an encanter to do that once per game. Corn can do that every turn. And it's viable too. I absolutely would not save up my blood type points. Too silly. What you're going to be spending them on is two and three. And three has always been the best in the blood type points. And that's, you can make a normal move or a charge move. So how that saves your ass is if you want to get super aggressive, it's there for your normal move. You get places way faster than people think you can because corn is actually pretty slow as an army. It's really fast when you get that third blood type point off <clears throat> or it picks you out of the shit you're getting double turned your whole army's wide open they've got 20 half guards standing in front of you about to fuck you you spend three blood type points you charge 10 shitty reavers around from the side you charge sacrificial hero that you don't care about who cares it doesn't matter it turns their army off for that turn if they're one of those armies with no magic output no real magic output, no real ranged output. We're talking Slanesh, we're talking Feck, we're talking uh, Fire Slayers. What else is good that's coming out? OBR without Nagash. That shit turns them off instantly. They get a double turn on you because they're super low drops or you've taken a hot double, now it's coming back at you. That saves your ass every time. The rest of them, the rest of them are fine, um, but they're not, they're not what keeps them relevant those first number two and number three spell the curse and murder lust is what a corn player lives and breathes on 
Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, bro. So we're talking about the blood type table. So you get a blood type every time a unit dies on board, yours or your enemies. Um, murder last number three, which is three blood type points, which is what Tubby's been talking about for the last minute or two, which is make a normal move in the hero phase or a charge move in the hero phase. That is absolutely the one I'm trying to get to as quick as I can yeah. every time I play Corn. Um, I think I've used Relentless Fury, which is six points once. And it was quite it was quite funny actually because it was a corn matchup, a mirror match. And um but otherwise I'm looking to get a free blood type and then after that it doesn't really matter. The summoning as Tubby said is just super expensive. Um if everyone else was summoning the same way, it'd be even. But the fact that like I don't know, like Bloom's fight just roll a four up when a unit grot dies and they come back, or like Slanesh just does, you know, a bunch of wounds to you. Fight. Yeah. yeah, and Zinch can summon a lot of change every turn or every other turn or whatever. It's just, it's not effective. The summoning, I mean, the summoning's good late game when you have nothing left and you need to put, like, some bodies on the board. Then, you know, you're only looking for sort of um, three points for flesh hounds, five flesh hounds, or four points for some blood letters. But otherwise, um, you're really looking at, I mean, even one blood type gives you an extra command point for a very yeah, command point hungry great, army. Yeah. That's you're good. playing Bloodthirsters, you're playing Reapers of Vengeance. Yeah. You want to keep piling in, you yeah. spend one blood type, who cares? You get a command point. That's a double activation. But yeah. one of the best things about these blood type points is that they happen at the start of the hero phase. So a lot of these teleports where you can teleport as long as you're not within three inches, this gets around it. You get to do this before they get to try and cast their spell, to teleport their unit somewhere else. Now you're within three inches of them. Now they can't throw it onto the other side of the board. Cool. Yep, agree. And it's a spoiler, maybe for a head, but uh, like almost all the corn stuff happens at the side of hero phase as well. So you can actually generate blood type and then spin them that same turn because the corn prayers happen at the start of the hero phase. Yeah. So if you didn't know that, so like. Um, the one I use blood sacrifice all the time, which I don't know why people don't use it more often because it's amazing. On a four up with a reroll near an altar, you get a blood type point. So if you're on two blood type, you're like, man, I really want to get to three to like to move something in the hero phase. You roll out four up, boom, there you go, you've got it. It's amazing. Um, yeah, the allegiance abilities half of them are good, half of them are pretty situational. Um, I've never looked at the command tracks because I've always taken the slaughter host, so I would never know what they do. Uh, there's not, there's not anything too fantastic here. The slaughter host, realistically, there's one slaughter host in this entire book, and that is the titties. The artifacts are pretty good. There's some good artifacts in here, uh, but command traits you're not going to see them because you're probably going to be playing Reapers of Vengeance, or Gortite with a Slaves of Darkness list is really good as well. Yeah, uh, Gortite's the one you see. Yeah, so... Oh. <laughs> That's a big sigh. So, yeah. how, about, how about the how about the prayers and the blood blessings of corn? What do you rate? What do you don't... What, do, what don't you rate? Or just tell me what you like. So, they're the, sort of the same thing as this, uh, the Stormcast book. The prayers are absolutely money. Unfortunately, they go off on four pluses, and I don't really love hugging the, the skull altar. You can do it while it's viable to do so, but 
the skull uh, altar so is good awkward. unless so you have awkward. like duality of death it's shit yeah. because it's just taking up precious deployment zone if you have one of the deployment zones like um shifting objectives where you've only got that 12 inch line it's awful if you've got like focal points where half the board is your deployment zone you can put it pretty close to the center it's pretty amazing yeah. um so yeah. like it's, it's situational it's the, corn, and, it, and you, you get fucked up by the matchup but yeah all the pre's go off on a four up if you need it if you're whole even eight or two you get a reroll, which is a four up with a reroll. it's like I don't know what the mass is, but I'd say it's pretty fucking high, like a 75% chance or something. Yeah, it's, it's 75, yeah. So Korn loves a counterattack because the army isn't typically fast enough to outmaneuver, flank, get around behind you. They can't teleport. <clears throat> they can't do any of that shit. What they really want to do is bait you in, open up, and counter counterpunch with something. So if you can set it up in a way where you're getting these prayers off with rerolls, you're really good. As you fall into the late game, stop hugging your altar. Spread them out. You're going to lose the reroll. Whatever. All it's going to do is fucking handcuff you to that stupid thing. Uh, because it's good. These prayers are really good. Bronze Flesh, plus one to save. That's fantastic. Uh, got removed from the game as Mystic Shield because it was pretty impressive. Uh, there's ways to get that way up. Some of these new units have three up saves at base. Um, so you're getting him up to two up saves. Blood Sacrifice, fantastic. Uh, good way to get your Blood Tithe moves going. Resanguations, shit. Shit, to be honest. Uh, never looked at it. Nah, All I've ever that, looked at is Bronze Flesh, Blood Sacrifice, and Brazen Fury. Yeah. No, so no, number, no, not Brazen, sorry. Killing Frenzy. Killing Frenzy, yeah. yeah. So Killing Frenzy, I'd say, is, it, it is really good but it has fallen off a little bit lately. Plus one hit is really not that much of a buff these days. You just want um, on your Rage Fester. That's all like, you want it on. Yeah, you'll put it on your Rage Fester, but these days it's sixes exploding into two is real hot, which is essentially plus one a hit, but it's unmodified. It's always going off. You can run into these armies with massive debuffs and you don't care about it. Uh, it's good. I would always take it if you have the room to take it, but I'd probably take Bronze Flesh Blood Sacrifice over it, uh, unless you have the setup for it. So, unless you have a Rage Thurster, uh, if you have anything that hits on fours, which is going to be a key piece, which really needs to get the damage out, you need to take it. If you don't, they hit on threes, I wouldn't really worry about it. I'd worry about the other two first. Blood Sacrifice doesn't seem that great, but when you need it, It'll win your games. <clears throat> and Bronze Flesh, plus one to save, is super strong. Especially on a counter-attacking army like Korn is. Uh, where are we at? Over to the... What are they called? Blood Host? Skull Host? Yeah. Um, blood something. It's all blood. It's all blood. Blood Host. I'll tell you in a second. Uh, it is Slaughter Host. Slaughter host huh, no blood. Slaughter something Host. Yeah, yep. <laughs> hosts indeed. Uh, so Reapers first up. This is the best one in the book before the Slaves to Darkness book dropped. So this is the one you see everyone playing. It's a Tyrants of Blood with Reapers of Vengeance. Uh, it's it's actually still 
pretty good. Problem with it is, is it lands you into a list which will win you four games, but won't win you five games. If you're an awesome gamer, you can do five. We've seen guys like Matt Campbell win five games with Reapers, smashing it. But you don't see them just consistently podiuming, even at the height of the book with Reapers. Uh, the double pile is super strong. The anti-magic is super strong. But the problem with all of that is Bloodthirst is just kind of suck. Like, they're great when they're great, but they're fucking dog shit when they're dog shit. Like, you know who's great all the time? Scarbrand. Scarbrand. Scarbrand is a fucking <laughs> I fucking man. love Scarbrand so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what Reapers does is you spend a command point on a Reapers demon and he can pile an attack twice immediately, uh, which, is, which is amazing. So I think Reapers is super counter meta unless you're playing a shooting army then you're fucked you're absolutely fucked yeah you play zen you're probably fucked you fucked you play care you're fucked because there's no defense in the army the army has no defense whatsoever and it doesn't have enough reach to get you in turn one unless you're playing an idiot and you're playing 18 inches apart and they sit up on the on it's like on the board edge as as close to you as they can get so they're 15 inches away or 18 inches away sorry uh, so yeah, Reapers lets you double pile, which goes along great with the Fury Fester, and it really allows you to fuck with all the activation or the start of combat phase attacks. Um, and that's why I think it is fucking amazing. And we'll get into that in a little bit, I guess, if we want to talk about the Fury Fester. Yeah. So the thing about Reapers as well is it has one of the strongest forms of double pile but it also has one of the worst forms of double pile. So because uh, you spend the CP at the start of a combat phase. Yeah, so you have to pick you the have unit to commit it. Yeah. At the start of the combat phase. So I've played so many corn players which charge their rage thirster into me. They go, I'll spend a CP on it so I can pile twice. Cool. It hits for the first time. I pull all of my models outside of 3 inches of it because it does enough damage to do it. Now one you've wasted a CP who you're standing there with your dick in your hands it's it's not as good as the feck one because the feck one not only do you fight immediately but you fight when you want immediately so the best thing about it is that you don't have to wait for your opponent to retaliate because you don't have uh any way to fight in the activation wars outside of fury thirster or some artifacts which aren't overly reliable uh, you need to be able to fight immediately like that, which is great. But the problem is it only really works against monsters, really elite units, or something which you can bunch, or if you whiff, or... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it so good, but you can but combo it's so charge bad. or combo pile in. Yeah. And what I mean by combo is I mean you can get your guy within three inches of two units at the same time, because what you do with your first pile in is you hit all of unit A and you hopefully kill unit A or if your opponent pulls away to you, you, the models closest to you in unit A then unit B is still intact and then you can swing with that and that's what I always do with Scarbrand. It's just simple stuff because Scarbrand will delete whatever he touches yep. and he will overkill whatever he touches yep. but I'd rather him overkill a unit than split my attacks and then have my opponent go, ha, I've just pulled out those five models that was within three inches of you now you've wasted a CP 
and now Scott Ranch is sitting there with the dick, with, holding his dick in the wind, as as Tubby just said. Yeah. So hey, you really need to combo it up. Corn can get the CP real easy. They've got great battalions in Corn, so CP is not hard to find. You got enough battalions to get a eighth quartz brooch in there. So it's not the end of the world when you do waste your CP on that command ability, but at the same time, the potential of that command ability going off is huge. But if you fuck it up, you fuck it up big. So not very forgiving. Great uh, sub faction though. Yeah, you need to plan ahead. You definitely have to plan ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Blood Lords just lets you always strike first, which Whatever. is. Yeah, one unit bloodthirst yeah. is a too squishy um, yeah. a four up save is not good enough in this game at the no. moment even if no you way. fight first I tell you what so many armies will either shoot it off in one go or just kill it yeah <laughs> just kill it on like, the return it'll whatever it goes into will be too tanky to to kill it and it's just going to die Outside Scarbrand, no one is reliable enough to remove 20 wounds in a, in a activation. A, bl- a Bloodthirster cannot remove more tech fast enough. Like, no. no re- realistically, your, ra- your Rage Thirster can, but... If you, you need, live and die on the boom, so... You need some luck. Like, yeah. you cannot rely on sixes to wound. That is so shit. I know when it goes off, it is awesome, and it just deletes an army in one turn. But if it doesn't happen, man, those things are horrible. Like, mm. real bad. They're half a dragon, is what they are. They're a dragon without a rider and claws. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's, They're a star dragon. That's, That's what they are. They're a star dragon. Yeah. Speaking of a monster that has no output, a fucking star dragon. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're back on it. <laughs> Quickly save me before we go down this river. Yeah, oh, Gortide. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, Gortide? Gortide. So... I'm a hot fan of Gortide at the moment after the Slaves to Darkness books dropped. Uh, because of the introduction of the character that comes in the start collecting box, uh, the Chaos Lord on Karkadrak, fucking lizard guy. Yeah, like, yeah that's on, it. On, yeah. on the lizard, yeah. So he's <clears throat> 250 points, better output than a Bloodthirster, cheaper, three up save. Nine wounds, has a mortal wound save, can get cover, although you won't need it if you're putting him in a Gortide list. Uh, what Gortide does that we want to talk about here uh, is it adds one to the damage characteristic of general's melee weapons. Now, Karkadrak Lord has two melee weapons, so you're adding plus one to both of them. So he's got five attacks on one weapon that does two damage, now it's five attacks that do three damage. That's five extra damage. That's some pretty good numbers. Then he's got three attacks on another one that does D3. That's another three damage. You're adding eight damage to that guy just from your command trait. That's pretty tasty. Uh, but when it gets really silly is the artifact for the Gortide is effectively an ethereal amulet. So you ignore rent. <clears throat> You ignore rent and you ignore plus to save buffs, but you're not that silly. Uh, which means you can take two of them and take an ethereal amulet. So at this point, you have two castles on Karkadrak. Great output. They love buffs. They have four attack profiles. So one uh, Blood Secreta is adding four attacks profiles worth of 
damage. So we're talking two on the first one, D3 on the second one, two on the next one, and one on the last one. We're adding, you know, six, seven damage to the guy. And both of them are immune to rents. They're both three up saves with five up mortal wound saves that heal when they kill people. You can put Chaos Source Lords in this. They're three up rerollable saves with five up mortal wound saves. These guys are so hard to chew through and do heaps of damage. When you have to compare them to Bloodthirsters, which cost more points than them, move one inch faster, nine inches versus ten inches. They fly, that's great. They can't double pile like the Bloodthirsters can, but the damage output is so much more reliable, so much better, so much more buffable because they're not it's just consistent one as well. Yeah, four profiles. You get a blood scrater, you get a wrathmonger in there. You put him in them in the blood marked warband. So that's another one. You can put aspiring deathbringers next to him. You're adding up to you know plus four, plus five attacks to these guys. They've got four attack profiles with multiple damage. All of them have multiple damage except for one of them. The way these guys scale in Gortide is fucking awesome. They become absolute eating machines. I know when these things first come out, like nobody really popped off about them. Like some people look at them in corn, they're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, these things have got some damage output. But if you chuck them in here and you give them a shot, they can really eat some shit. <clears throat> I don't know if you looked into them, Sean. <laughs> Smacking the mic. <laughs> um, Jesus, I thought I had unmuted myself, but clearly not. <laughs> I'm, I'm a mess like, tonight. The fuck out of the mic. <laughs> I, I must have been like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very good at this podcasting. Um, I mean, the way I'd put it is that I've, a lot of corn stuff has like random damage modifiers, so D3s and D6s. Yeah. And as soon as you get a D3 plus one, you're doing a flat two damage at least. Yeah. Which quite, I would much rather have flat two damage than a D3 damage. Because every time you spike on three D3 and you do like eight to nine wounds, you've probably done three wounds on three D3 four or five times more than you've done the eight to nine wounds. Um, so anytime you're doing D3 plus, excuse me, D3 plus one, it's fucking cool. And then, you know, every time you roll out that five or six on the D3, you're doing four damage. It's, it's really good. Um, so the damage multiplier, and like he's relatively cheap. How many points is he? Two hundred fifty. Yeah, two fifty. That's an odd number, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, For a three-up unrendable save, eight wounds, nine, and he nine. heals D three a turn if he kills someone with the axe. Yeah, Five so up he mortal wound save does charge damage D three mortal wounds. Like so, he just all of a sudden feels like a hero, like it should do. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> Heroes should be able to kill shit. They should have high damage. They are heroes. They are pointed far more. They seem to be pointed very highly for their buffs that they can apply and their command abilities they can do. Yeah. Uh, this guy all of a sudden turns into a bit of a beast. No, I haven't looked at it, but I will now. Classically, I've seen Reagan run his Gortide with um, the Wrath Fester who's doing D3 plus one on six attacks, and that's yeah. just like consistently yeah. good. It's just, it's yeah. really handy. So. Um, that's been my only experience because you're doing because you're going oh look I've done four d three damage so I've base done four damage plus d three and you're like okay that's gonna hurt 
because it can spike, but it just makes it far more consistent. So I haven't thought about that. I don't know if a lot of people have because I haven't I haven't heard about it at all. So that's um that's some good insight and the layers and synergies that you can get off as you've mentioned with all those attacks is just it's just a bit fucking crazy to be honest. Yeah. So if I was looking into Mortal Corn, because Reapers is obviously uh, demons, Gortide is Mortal Corn. I'd be looking at Slaves to Darkness allied in. Or another list that I'll talk about later. Uh, and I'd take two of those guys. I pretty much always take two of them in the Bloodmarked Warband. So you're getting your drops way down. You're taking uh, War Shrines, which are also priests, which are also corn priests. So they can cast the judgments and they can cast the prayers and they can cast their own buff, which is real good, as well as giving your whole army six up damage saves afterwards. Uh, that's sort of the path that I'd be looking down. <clears throat> Chaos Knights are actually pretty good in corn with this sort of loadout. I don't really love them. Um, I like Marauders a lot better. Marauders' output is silly good. But when you can add so many attacks to a unit of Chaos Knights and an army like corn, uh, you can get them up plus two, plus three attacks without really trying too hard or investing too much into them. Now we're looking at Chaos Knights with five attacks apiece, doing two damage each with rend. Um, you know, we're looking at ten damage per guy. There's fifty damage to the unit just out of the just out of the lance. Um, we're putting out some real numbers, and it's really worth starting to invest into them. Um, outside of those two, I don't really rate any of the others. Cool little thing about Skullfiend Tribe is the command trait. You get two points instead of one when you slay a hero. Now it's just keyword hero, it doesn't say enemy. So if you kill your own Scar Bloodwrath, you get two blood type points. And I think there's another way to ramp that up. Ah, it's with the um with the, the prayer. So if you sit him on damned or something, take some D3s, then cast the prayer on him for an extra blood type. If you kill Scar Bloodwrath, you get three blood type points at the start of the hero phase, which is pretty cool. Which could give you a move at the start of the game. Um, if you could find another this way, general slays a hero, so yeah. you'd so you'd have to hit your own guys. Yeah. So Scar, when Scar dies, doesn't matter. He comes back on a on a good roll. Um, if you can find a way to kill him at the start of the game, you could have three at the start of the game and move something at the start of the hero phase. You could blood sacrifice him off a priest. Yeah. So blood, sac blood sacrifice will give you one if you mm. kill him with that slaughter priest who's casting blood sacrifice he'll give you two extra so you'll get three blood tithe and then when scar dies he gets four uh no no so that's including scar dying so if you can find because oh, blood sacrifice will give you one yeah oh no sorry apologies let's see i can't do yeah, numbers yeah. apparently yeah. simple mass is hard so if you find a way to hurt him before something like damn terrain something to get him into that three wound threshold yeah um, you might be able to pop some cheeky some cheeky little yeah, type moves at the very start of the game if you wanted to. It's kind of cool, but I think it's way too situational. And Absolutely. I, and Absolutely. I, think, <laughs> I think I think it's just it's not Reapers, so it's about shit. Yeah. To be honest, um, battalions. There's just so many good battalions. We can't talk about all of them because I want to get off this at some point tonight. Yeah. But high level demon ones. What do you reckon? Tyrants. And murder hosts are kind of the two best here. Blood hosts, um, if you want to one drop. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to get way down in drops, you could take something like blood host. Its ability 
sucks. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. It does. Bloodletters re-roll to charge. Fleshhounds re-roll to charge. Bloodthirsters don't re-roll to charge, but they just pile well, in six inches. They yeah. just pile in six inches anyway. Um, yep. I think Bloodcrushers probably re-roll to charge anyway as well. You can get down to one drop with it, but it's kind of like that's the reason why you're doing it. The ability sucks. Yeah, Tyrants is great. Tyrants gets around all this activation wars shit. Um, but it doesn't get around things fighting first. So Tyrants absolutely does not help you with Fire Slayers, does not help you with Deepkin. Uh, it does help you with Slanesh. Well, um, that's, if all your blood faces have been Locust... Then, no. no, it doesn't. Yeah, so how, how you do it is you run... Say you've got three Keepers and you've got three Bloodthirsters. <clears throat> you run two Bloodthirsters into one Keeper and one into the other one, or two Bloodthirsters into a Keeper each and then one into a line of Chaff. You hit the one that doesn't get Locust first and all the rest of them get to hit. So they'll go one after another and the Locust won't matter because it happens immediately. Or... So you get around things like the Locust. Yeah, or you charge two blood faces, leave one outside of pylon range, you pile in that one first six inches, hit the keeper, and then the others will automatically trigger. Because yeah. immediately yeah. happens before fights last and shit like that. Yeah. So yeah. you can you can get around things with Tyrant's Blood, which makes it really good. Uh, it works with those bloodthirster lists, but at the same time, they're, they're good lists, but they have the problem that bloodthirsters are four-up saves, man. And the damage is swingy. Um, I just so not sold on blood versus like not if you're Scarbrand. <laughs> yeah, if you're Scarbrand, go hard. But yeah. at the same time, you move eight inches and don't fly. You need three blood type points to get somewhere. It's, or uh, you move Scarbrand twenty eight inches a turn, and your opponent goes, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> like I do quite often. Delete their army. But he doesn't fly, so that's a bit shit. Um, but yeah, I'd agree with you there. I don't think there's like any other demon hosts that are worth talking about, to be quite to be quite frank. Uh, the mortal hosts, you've got Gore Pilgrims, obviously, uh, which is still really good because um, you get spot. yeah, you get two slaughter priests, which slaughter priests are good. You get a banner, which you always want, and you get up to four battle line, which is great because you cover off a couple of heroes and a couple of battle line. Um, I've always I don't really know if there's any other. Dark yeah, Feast, so, Dark Feast maybe, Slaughter Priest and a Stoker and some... Um... It's So Dark Feast is a really good CP uh, generator, and it's also really good for Archeon lists. So yeah. Yeah, it is. you want it's Blood Stokers and Archeon lists, you want a Slaughter Priest and Archeon lists, and Chaff. So yeah. awesome, take it. Um, there is one more, which Trust I... You need to pay. <laughs> Okay, okay. Cool. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's one more that I'm really into, and that's uh, that's the Blood Forge. So, one of the best War Scrolls in Corn is the Wrathmongers, in my opinion. They're super cheap. They're 140 points for five guys, so that's 140 points for 15 wounds, so it's less than 10 points per wound, which is real efficient. <clears throat> They have a bunch of attacks. So there's 21 attacks to five Wrathmongers, completely unbuffed on their own. If you charge them, it's threes and threes, minus one, one damage. 
But what Blood Forge lets you do, it lets you interact with a whole bunch of other janky abilities that you've got going on with Corn. So, in the combat phase, you can pile in and attack uh, with your Wrathmongers twice. And now this happens immediately. So, essentially, they're fighting twice. So now this unit is 42 attacks, threes and threes, minus one, one damage. If you include a guy like Scar Bloodwrath, when the Wrathmongers die, they fight again. Now you're at 63 attacks, threes and threes, minus one, one damage. If you pop your Blood Tithe at five, I think, uh, you get a fight when you die. You get a fight again. You're 84 attacks, threes and threes, minus one, one damage. Now this unit costs you 140 points, and you can do that no worries the blood type one's getting pretty fucking out the gate but every turn you can very reliably be fighting three times if you're throwing this unit in trading dying fighting dying <clears throat> you're putting out 60 63 attacks on average uh a unit of five wrathmongers will call gotrek in one round of combat if you're running blood forged and if you've popped your blood type or scar by them so that's 84 attacks, 3 threes, minus 1, 1 damage. You'll kill Gotrek every time. You'll be trading 510 points for 140, uh, 140 points of Wrathmongers. It's super good. And the way it's worded as well, uh, let me just double check. Immediately after your unit, Wrathmongers from this battalion is fought in your combat phase for the first time. Yep. So if the Wrathmongers don't get to fight, if they get charged, you pop Scar's ability to make them fight when they die. Your Blood Forge pops as well. So even if your Chaff Wall of Wrathmongers gets charged by, you know, whatever, Terrorgeist, uh, Keeper of Secrets, who cares? They go in, they fight them, they kill them. The Wrathmongers fight because of Scar's command ability, costs you one CP. There's 21 attacks. And then because of your Blood Forge ability, you get a fight again because immediately after you fought for the first time in the combat phase that's the first time you fought in the combat phase you get a double activation there so what you're doing is you're getting these abilities that you normally pay a cp for which is a double pile in this case uh and you're getting it for free now it costs 120 points which is super cheap uh and i've written lists with two of them two blood forged battalions in there so you can't just pick off that skull grinder his five wounds of the four up save. You can kill him. It's it's fine. Uh, <clears throat> but when you come against these combat armies, I don't really know how you're supposed to fight that. It's most of the time fighting three times when it dies. Uh, you've got enough artifacts to put the eighth quartz brooch in there. Take an extra CP. You're starting the game with four CP. You're going to be fighting when you're dying, going in, fighting when you're dying. You're going to be generating a lot of blood tithe. And that one turn that you really want to pop them off, pop the fight again. And five guys is doing 84 attacks, threes and threes, minus one, one damage. It's pretty good. I've tried it out myself. I, I, I gave it a jam against Slanesh in their heyday. Uh, and I think I went through 3,000 points of Slanesh. But unfortunately, being multi-wound models gave away so much depravity. Um, that didn't really work. Um, but nowadays it's probably a lot better <clears throat> now that everything's been increased in points 
if you fight these things like like Feck, like OBR, uh, I think this battalion would absolutely eat them. Because not only do they fight when they die, but the Wrathmongers also uh, do mortal wounds when they die. And they also buff your other units. So throw them in there, cheeky Karkadrak, Lord, rolling around, give them the Neg 3 blade. Um, he can go through, take out the stuff with really good armor saves. The Wrathmongers can eat through so much. And you don't need to buff them. You don't need to give them plus one attack. They've got enough attacks by themselves. They get up to three activations. You, you, you don't need to chuck an extra attack on them. It's only five models. It's really not that efficient. You're only actually adding five attacks uh, from a banner. I don't think it's overly worth it. I'd rather have more CP to fight again and again and again and again. And it feels super corny. Like, what does everyone know corn for? They're good against magic and they are really angry. They like to fight when they die. It's what everyone wants from a Blood Warrior. Fights when it dies and it hurts. But Blood Warriors are fucking hot garbage. They're really bad, unfortunately. Wrathmuggers set up like this kind of feel what Blood Warriors should be like. Um, maybe taken up to 100, but, you know. <clears throat> Outside of that, we've got War Scrolls. Uh... Like Sean's been saying, Scarbrand, Scarbrand is fucking awesome. Uh, he's very slow. That's kind of his problem. You can get him going with the blood type points. He hates shooting. Absolutely will not take it. This new Wrath of the Everchosen is probably one of the ways to get Scarbrand reliable and alive enough to get him into combat and survive combat. Uh, you can get him down to a 14 wounds with a 4-up save, and then a 5-up after damage save. So he might be hanging around. You can't put him in something ridiculous, but 14 wounds, 4-up save, 5-up after save. It's not quite a stonehorn. It's definitely not as fast as a stonehorn, but it might keep him on the table that extra turn. He doesn't care if, he get, if he's getting hurt. Realistically, he's getting better. You want him to just survive. It's probably quite a good way to run Scarbrand. I haven't tried it. I'd probably give it a crack, though. <clears throat> Sorry, bro. I was just doing a list online as you were talking of a blood, blood forge and tyrants. Yeah, and you can you can fit blood forge and tyrants in um, together. At, yeah, at nineteen eighty. Yeah, so you run them in, so you take, you take off their yeah. screen, and then they have to hit the wrathmongers. Otherwise, going to roll the army. Yeah. So you got Skullgr so in this army to be specific. Skullgrinder, Scarbrand, Bloodfester, Rage, Bloodfester, Fury, three Blood Warriors because you need Battle Line, and then three units of Wrathmongers and the two battalions, and that's nineteen eighty and it's two drops. Yeah, two drops um, yeah. yeah, so you could drop the unit of Wrathmongers and you'd have 160 points to play with for a hero or something else. I don't know. But just as you were talking about that, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can fit this in and make it like a two-drop army. And yes, yeah, yes, you can. And of course, if you drop Scarbrand, you could drop Scarbrand and you could drop that Wrathmonger unit and you could probably fit in like a Rage Firster with the points difference it's as a, well. Because Scarbrand is like 380 points. It's way overlooked, that battalion. When I first got the book, that's what I was looking at. Bloodforged and Tyrants of Blood. They're the two ones that really stood out to me. Yeah, um, the only issue is you don't have... Uh, blood secreter, you don't have the banner there, but the well, Wrathmongers yeah. are effectively a mobile yeah. blood secreter. Uh, essentially, they do the same thing. They cost 20 points more, and yeah. they're 
they do something, you know. They don't just run around with their dick in the air, waving their flag, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because he probably wants to get Scar Bloodwraith in there as well. You absolutely will will want Scar Bloodwraith in there to to get the full effectiveness out of the Bloodforged Battalion. Yeah, yeah. So that way you just drop a, a unit of Wrathmongers and you whack him in. How many points is he? Is he 120. Yeah, what do you got? The best thing about him is that if you kill him, if you try to take out that key piece, he can just come back. Yep. So it doesn't feel wasted at that point. Yep. You can't just snipe your hero and take your combo away. Uh-huh. Mm. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so sorry, that's why I was super quiet. I was listening, but I was also trying to build a list to see if there's a project there, but I need to buy Blood Warriors and I need to buy like the whole Blood Forge. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know. That's another good thing about corn is you can do the army on the cheap because you can fit like two battalions into a lot of armies. Yeah. So, and yeah. you want to so, be low dropping corn too. That's another thing. You don't have any real first turn threat. Um, yeah. If if someone's eighteen inches away, you want to be able to get to them, which you can. Yeah. Um, if they're like twenty four inches away, yeah, twenty five inches you away, be, you can't. You need to be playing an archeon list to get there, and. You're probably not going to throw 800 points of Archeon into someone's entire army. Does Archeon move? Uh, 14 now. So, so he can his... go 26. And it, no, he can go 27. Yeah, no, his 29, range is 29. 29. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he can go anywhere, but you're not going to do that first turn. That's going to be so a bad choice. When we're talking about guaranteed ranges, listeners, what we're talking about is an Archeon, he would have a Blood, uh, blood Stoker. So he'll get. A 14 inch move and he would get you just use a cp for a six for a run so it's 20 with a blood stoker he would give him an extra three inches to his move and you go oh well he's moved 23 inches he can't charge um he's got the demon keyword and if you have a fury first at a fury first is the best command ability possibly in the game uh where you spend a cp and every corn demon unit uh unit holy 16, 16 can um, pile in an extra three inches and they can activate from an extra three inches away. So it's a six inch pile in. So it fucks with all the activation wars. So when we're saying Archeon goes 29, he goes 14 on a move, he goes six on a run, so that's 24. He goes three from the soaker, so that's 23. And then with a six inch pile in, that's a 29 inch threat range. And with the pile in, every time. He, yeah, every turn. Every turn. It costs you two CP, unless you roll a six naturally. Archeon gives you a CP every turn, and when your turn starts, you get a CP. So if you have Archeon on board every turn, you get two CP. So it's self-sustainable. You just have to have the units within range to buff them. Um, you give the, the Fury first at a mantle, and it's it doesn't even cost him a CP anymore to make himself make everyone pile on within six. And then when you pile on within six, you're choosing the combat order. You're choosing who fights when. You can activate a bunch of shit before Archeon goes in, and then Archeon's not going to get hit until he gets hit. So, I think I don't know about Tubbs because he's definitely the more experienced corn player. But every list I've ever written has always had a Fury Thirster in it for that exact reason. Yeah, if it's, if it's Blood Thirster or yeah, you're not really even taking Blood Letters these days. If you if it's Blood Thirster heavy, you need the Fury Thirster. Um, they're too squishy to not be fighting for free. Basically what it gives is your entire army gets always strikes first in your turn. Because <clears throat> there's no way you put your army in without just piling them. Like you run them where you want. It gets around Bloodthirst as being slow. They only move ten inches 
that's pretty crap. Which um, is some shit, to be honest. It scales yeah. as soon as they suffer four wounds. It's... But a 10-inch move for a unit that flies and is a monster and is like a big scary bloodthirster is fucking awful. That's always been Bloodthirst's problem, is that they only move 10 inches. They're squishy, but a Keeper is also squishy, but it moves 14 inches. And I know it's only 4 inches, but it, it counts for a lot. Yeah, it's 20 inches of return. I mean, yeah. to be fair, every demon, uh, greater demon, I guess you call them, all have like 14 wounds and a 4-up save. Yeah. A great unclean one has 16, I think, maybe? 16, yeah. And a five up after? Yeah, five up after. But no damage output? Nah, not really. Like, yeah. But then again, the Bloodthirsters really don't have that much. It's. But it's the way you can use it. So you can effectively make your blood Bloodthirsters go 22 inches a turn guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So 10 inch move, 6 inch run, 6 inch pile, and so that's 22 inches, listeners, is what we're talking about. And Reapers, you can make them double activate. And because you're piling in from six away, they fight when they want to fight, and you are going to get to put in a Bloodthirster, double activate, and then your opponent will hit that Bloodthirster back if there's anything left. And then your next Bloodthirster will go double pile in, you know, and the same thing again, they'll hit it on the return if there's anything left, and then the other Bloodthirster will go in. So there's like, you effectively have always drugs first, as Tub said, across your army. It's just very CP hungry. You have to have. A CP to make them double pile in, and you have to have a CP to make everyone pile in six inches away. So if you've got three blood versus double piling from six inches away, it's going to cost you four CP a turn. So there's three like, for the activations and then one for piling. When it comes to the activation wars, there's two uh, uh, two variations of it that trump everything else. So the two ways you can work into the activation wars and come out on top are... You have a six-inch pylon, so that gets around fight last, units that fight first, blah, 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 whatever. Or you have a unit that chooses to fight first at the start of the combat phase. Anything else can be negated by fight last, other fight firsts, fucking whatever. Those two, those two abilities, six-inch pile and choose to fight first at the start of the combat phase, are the two best ways you can do it. And this corn book has six inch piles. So that is one of the main reasons why this army stays relevant in the meta. And it's kind of why it can be out of four and one so easily with these bloodthirsters, which don't have the best damage output or survivability is because of that six inch pile. It's hard counter meta as long as you're not playing a shooting army. Corn uh, yeah. can still play, and this is the reason they can still play, because they can hit you twice from six inches away before you even get to do anything. Yeah. You know, Deep Konami. Yeah. Turn three. The whole Deep Konami, assuming it's your turn in turn three and you're out of combat, because you can retreat and then you can just pile back in. So, you know, you don't need that shit in your life. You don't need to let this Deep Konami hit you before you activate. You pile back. Deep Konami activates, start a combat phase, pile in, hit what you want, do it again, do it again. You know, it's like, it's, I, I can't believe it's not talked about more. I can understand why there aren't more people playing corn. It's a combat army that's not very good at, like, that's pretty swingy at combat. And it's so glass. It's so, so glass. 
That's um, why um, it's why Sisters of Slaughter was so good and still are so good. It's yeah, because so they hit like a truck and they pile yeah. in from six. They run and charge and they have a um, rerollable after damage save. It's fucking. Yeah. It's so abusive. Like, yeah. Six inch yeah. piles. Uh, if you find a six inch pile in your army, you should probably abuse it in some way or shape or form. I don't know what counters a, a stupid star drake with this dumb pout that bounces more away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but, any other, the, the Fury First is the only unit I'd already talk about, which we already have. Uh, Scarbrain. Uh, Scarbrand is he the just most reliable everything. bloodthirster. He is yeah, because he just does 16 reliable. mortal wounds and reapers, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Or more, actually, if you have a banner and Wrathmongers. can do 24 yeah. mortal wounds a turn, guaranteed. An activation, sorry. And if you roll a 6. So effectively how it works is he's got a weapon called Carnage, has a 2-inch range, it's got an attack profile, so you can buff it with Wrathmongers or a banner. Um, so it has one attack base. Um, so, yeah, have a banner, he's got two attacks. Uh, it's got an ability called total carnage don't use the attack sequence for an attack made by carnage instead roll a dice and the target unit suffers eight mortal wounds if the roll is equal to or greater than carnage's value shown on the damage table above if the roll is a 16 the target unit suffers 16 mortal wounds um so at worst carnage hits on a five plus and at best it hits on a one plus which is turn two um the other thing about scarbrand as well is his he gets better as he gets damaged um but something that people often overlook so people say if he doesn't fight in the first turn he's instantly counted as taking 13 plus wounds for his damage profile's sake uh that's not true if, as long as he doesn't fight in one of his first turns and as long as he doesn't fight in a turn in the first battle round he's he's always pissed off so your opponent goes first doesn't get in combat with him he's immediately enraged from turn two onwards or yeah. Or you go first, your opponent doesn't attack you in your turn, he's, he's immediately in range from two turn onwards, because it says from the second battle round, if this model is on the battlefield and did not attack in at least one of the combat phases of the previous battle round, so at least one of the combat phases, yeah, he's constantly pissed off. So, yeah. Yeah. so if no, someone Scarbrand's gets him into combat, just retreat him in the first turn, he's great. Um... Yeah, otherwise the Fury First was the six inch pylon, which is what I've talked about. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we have talked about we've talked about it a lot. I don't know if there's really any other unit you'd want to talk about, bro. Does this sort of your area of expertise? The, I play a corn army, but I only really play with the Fury yeah. First and the Scar brand. But the, the whole crux of my army. The rage is fantastic. The rage can absolutely delete someone's entire army in one turn. You look up from the table and they're looking teary eyed and you gave them terrible experience. But the D fucking, It's fucking real cool. The big At the same time, it can go in and do absolutely nothing because it oh, yeah, can. pause. It does D6 damage. If you don't really roll any sixes to wound, it does fuck all a lot of the time. And it sucks. It really uh, stinks. But when it goes off, it goes off. I think it's worth having one in your Torrents list. I would not make a Torrents list with just like five of them. Yeah, yeah, people are given way too much respect. They hit on, they reroll ones as well because the demons get the locust ability where um, demon units get to reroll ones to hit if they're within range of a hero. And obviously, heroes are within range of themselves. So, he, so he's fours rerolling ones. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I totally agree. You live and die in the sixes. He has five attacks when he's not hurt. Yeah. The sixes, why they're so good is that every unit within eight inches will take mortal wounds, um, as well as the damage he does with the axe. So when he's not hurt, it's four mortal wounds. So if you get a couple of, if you get two sixes to wound, that's eight mortal wounds to everyone within yeah. eight inches. You're, You're killing every all their heroes. Support hero. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. And, yeah. And then it's you're doing, massive. and then you're doing eight mortal wounds to you. You're attacking plus two d six. So it's, it's uh, great against like Iron F and stuff like that. You know, Stormcast. It's yeah. but you live and die in the sixes. If, if you're looking to win five games, you're not going to do it with Rage Thirsters because you're going to get lucky in three of them. You're going to have a good game in the fourth one, and then you're going to lose the fifth one because your your Rage Thirsters are going to not rolling their sixes and their damage output's gonna not be good and you're gonna feel real bad about it and that's just how they go because yep. essentially they're a dragon they have d6 attacks like a dragon bite they don't have anything else that's all they have you're just relying on d6s yep. um when we come to battle line for corn flesh hounds uh absolutely their best battle line unit yep. um Agreed. other than Reavers, Blood Reavers are fantastic because they're cheap. So it's the best battle line, except for this one of a unit that I'm just going to quickly talk about. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, Reavers are good because of the blood type mechanic. They're not actually good. They're absolutely dog shit. They do nothing in combat. Their base is too big to get into combat properly. And... They're there for blood sacrifice and they die. And they're yeah, chaff. and do anything. It's Whereas really, Flesh Hounds... Yeah. Flesh Hounds are four attacks a piece, and they have an unbind, and they reroll a charge. And, they're and they move eight inches, and they're and two And they wins. move eight inches, and they're two wins. Like, yeah. they're good. They're really good. And they're bravery Really team. good battle line. Real good battle line. Yeah. Reavers um, suck. They're just good because they're the cheapest. Reavers are just cheap. They're, they're, like they're, like, they're useless skinks for the same yeah. price, really. Skinks are not bad. Reavers are bad, but they're the same price as skinks, and they don't do anywhere near as much as skinks. Um, judgments? Uh, Hex Gorgeous Skulls is more relevant than it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, so minus Hex Gorgeous Skulls just quickly. Minus, minus two to cast. If you're if in you range. Roll eight, if you're within 12 of one, yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah, so if you're, if you're within 12 inches of one, you're minus two to cast. If you're within 12 inches of both of them and you roll an unmodified eight to cast. Uh, you take d6 mortal wounds, and every wizard within 12 of whoever casts that spell also takes d6 mortal wounds. Um, it's for 40 points, that's a prayer on free plus as well. It's amazing. Yeah. That's really good. Um, um, sorry, keep going, bro. It's kind of counterproductive, though, because the way the mechanic works is it kind of makes you want to take first turn. Corn doesn't want to take first turn. So you really need to cast this thing, and if you really need it to stay, you have to run after it with your your slaughter priest, like a toddler chasing a ball. Like it's it's a weird mechanic, but if it stays on the board, it's super strong. The other yeah. two, the Rathax axe is too hard to get off. The other one is so meh. Goes the off the bloody icons. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. The, the bloody icons are still in the box. I, I've yeah. never used them. The Rafix is... My summary of it would be, um, as you said, hard to cast yeah. and way too swingy. Yeah. Way I too think swingy. The way I look at it is it's kind of like 
Horn's version of Gemnitz, except shittier. So it gives them minus one a hit. It does some good damage and a bit of a bit of an AOE, but Nettie it's just minus one a hit when you're out. within three inches of it, so you just yeah. move away from it. It's yeah. a five and five to prayer to get it off. You can get a reroll if you're standing near the altar. It's still a five with a reroll, so it's not guaranteed. Although daughter's players will tell you it is. Yeah. Um, it moves eight. Sets up pole even eight. Moves eight inches when it goes over a unit. Um, you roll a two up, and on a two up, they take D three mortal wounds. And then after it's done all that, you pick a unit within three, and on a two up, it takes D six mortal wounds. So that's the best part of it, because you can park it right on a chaff line. And if there's a cheeky hero or something sitting behind the chaff line, as long as you can pop a two up you can um, do D6 model wisdom. My experience has always been roll a two up, I roll a five or a six, and I'm like, awesome. And then I roll that two, and then I roll D6 model wounds, and it's like a one or two. And I'm like, fuck's sakes. <laughs> like, I want it in reverse sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, I, I just don't think it's good enough for 60 points. The 60 points, yeah. It's, I just don't think it's I've good ha- I've had games where it's done a lot, and I've had games where I've never even cast it. And I'm trying to cast it every turn of a reroll. And then it just goes away on a five up as well. Uh, it goes yeah. away if you, unless you roll a five up. Yeah, it never stays on the board. There's like, yeah. Um, so the scales are great. The rest is. Is meh. The icon, I've, don't even bother. And the refex is take it or leave it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Heroes, Scar. You've heard me wank on about Scar. Scar is absolutely fantastic. He's 120 points and he's worth every cent of it. Even without Wrathmongers, if you've got a cheeky 120 points and you need some Horde Clear, uh, you need some Easy Blood Tithe, he's a pretty good pick. Uh, I think something that's really underrated, I think Valkyrie is really underrated. She has the same damage output as a Bloodthirster on the charge. So that's saying a lot about the Bloodthirster. Uh, she's faster than the Bloodthirster. She has a better save. She's minus one to wound. She's the same thing as the other one. She's six attacks, threes, threes, neg two, d3 damage on the charge. Uh, really good. Like, for 120 points, this tiny little 32 mil base will sneak in somewhere and take off the support hero that's annoying and then you can't get to because you're playing corn and you have no range threat. She's really pretty good. If you've got a cheeky 120 points or you're really struggling to kill something behind lines she can maybe help you uh at the same time absolutely not an auto occlude yeah i've never really looked at her to be honest i'm just looking at her now yeah uh, she's she's not a demon so she doesn't get reroll ones no i don't know she's fast she's 12 inches and she flies i just don't like the d3 damage i really no, the don't d- the d3 is not ideal the d3 is not ideal but the ren 2 d3 for a 120 point character she fights like a character probably should. That command ability is good, except the it's fucking fly. Yeah. Like a unit, the enemy unit within six in that can fly until the end of that turn. Oh, that sucks. Subtract one from hit rolls attacks. Yeah. So it's it's only that turn. It's not even until your next hero phase. Because yeah. it's going to say she could be a nightmare for um, KO. <laughs> yeah, pass. But she... <laughs> She won't isn't. do anything to KO at all. Yeah, no. And it only lasts that turn. It doesn't even last her next turn. Yeah. Do you still really like the Lord of Corn on Juggernaut? Uh, no. Not anymore. They, no. they ruined it for me. Uh, no. His command ability now sucks. Um, 
he's not super resilient against spells anymore. It's only five plus. He used to be, I used to think, the most underpointed corn hero in the book. But in the new book, he is very meh. Very meh. Uh, Blood's Crater is still a staple. You'll see it in most corn lists. Everyone knows what it does. Uh, not as good as it used to be, but it's still pretty good. Whatever. Uh, Slaughter Priest, same thing. Everyone knows about them. Pretty it's good. It's so good. So good. They're absolutely ridiculous with the uh, judgments around. They get three prayers. Dispel, three. unbind, prayers. Yeah. Three, three prayers. They're so good. They're so good. But you can't really spam the fuck out of them because they're only six wins of the five up. Uh, it does work when you do spam the fuck out of them. As the second it goes wrong or someone gets through, your army falls apart real quick. The yeah, rest and I of think the corn has a lot of heroes that like your, your hero slots probably fill up quite quickly because you have a lot of buff heroes and quite useful heroes. So yeah, I mean slaughter priests are good. I just couldn't see a viable list taking more than maybe two at the absolute most. Yeah, maybe three. I don't know. I've tried lists with four of them. And just oh. pinning people back and then just spamming mortal wounds. And it does work. Blood boil. So. Yeah, it does work. But if it goes wrong and they get through your wall of skull crushes or buffed up save something that you've put in their face, you're real screwed. <laughs> like, you're real screwed. Um, yeah. The, man, the, the, mortals, the mortals are really quite bad, unfortunately. Skull Reapers are way too expensive oh i miss skull reapers mm. they, they used, used to be, be so such cool. a good war scroll and they just ruined them i i this this is my biggest pet peeve with the um corn book is they just killed skull reapers wrathmongers are fucking awesome such a good value for points so good for points uh the best mortal unit by far skull crushes are better than you think Blood crushes. But, yeah, the mighty skull crushes. They got three up saves base, but I wouldn't go too silly with them. One unit of six can do a lot of work. It's just a big fucking bust, to be honest. It is. It is. It's just it's a, a bust unit bus. thing that gets people tied up and they feel like they have to, because people don't retreat in this game. So people no. feel like they have to sit there and attack him and they can't kill him because all of a sudden they're a three up save or a, a two, two up save up. and they have 30 wounds in a unit of six. Yeah. Bravery sucks. <laughs> Bravery sucks. But yeah, they'll be bravery does... eight most of the time though, so they are pretty safe. Yeah, and also like when does bravery matter in this game yep. other than when you're playing crit flares like I did last weekend. <laughs> yeah. So this 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 is the part of the book which is kinda it's it's what sort of made me stop playing corn. I really love corn and the war scrolls really let me down. Um they're a combat army, which has a couple units which are fantastic in combat. They've got some fantastic buffs, but they've got nothing to buff. Or they've got very limited or very fragile things to buff. Like, Wrathmongers are the best mortal unit in the book, and they have five up base saves. Like, that fucking hurts real bad. You don't care if they die if you're running the right sort of loadout, but ideally you don't really want to be throwing your models away like that, like, you roll up with some shooting, and man, you just just take your Wrathmongers off the board. Sc uh, yeah, 
skull crushers don't have the output they've got the save but they don't have the output yeah they don't unless they're charging and they're doing a bunch of mortals possibly yeah but then again they're so slow they move eight inches you know the good units out there and their big bases as well inches and flying and being on these tiny little bases like the skull crushers just aren't fast enough i think the army can definitely still compete in the meta i think you need to get a little bit inventive with how you do it uh things like fighting when you die uh Tyrants is still good. It will always be good. Spamming the bloodthirsters will always be good, but I don't think it's going to get you five games. Uh, from time to time, it will, but it's not consistently going to get you five games. The output just isn't there. There's so many better options. Fick, Fick do it better. Slanesh do it better. It's um, yeah. I just don't think it's up to par with the rest of the stuff. There's heaps of cool playability in it with the six-inch piles, but uh, yeah, I think you need to get creative with these spawn lists. Try, try the Wrathmonger build. See how that goes. Does work. That'd be sick. I'd like to see it kicking around somewhere on the tables because I think it's I think it's super viable. Uh, it's kind of slow, but you don't mind if you take a hit because you're winning, really, when you take a hit. Plays the objective of the game fantastically. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I've just been I've because the corn army I own is effectively a tyrant of blood gore pilgrims. It doesn't have a lot of models outside of that. I've got enough reavers for battle line. I've got slaughter priests. I've got banner. I've got a stoker, and I got four blood faces. And it's it's effectively my corn collection. I've got some stuff on sprue. I've got some blood letters. I've got some stuff that Tubby actually gave me last week, which will expand what I can play. But I'm just looking at the mortal part because i never really have and i'm just listening to you speak and it seems like you're going to want a bunch of heroes because all these heroes do functionable stuff yeah um, you know aspiring death bring it one to attacks for corn mortals you know um command ability and skull grinder add one to the bravery i don't know why you'd want that um slaves do it so much better like corn mark slaves oh yeah Marauder's yeah. output is absolutely so. We're not so talking about Marauder's King. We're talking about this. Man. I know, but like you can play them in your corn army. If you want to play them in your mortal corn army, you need things like Marauders. Yeah. Uh, Chaos Knights can get silly. You do need to put a lot into them. I don't know if it's worth it. Uh, could very possibly be. Chosen a good. Like the units in the book, there's very few mortal units which I'd actually. Uh, pot in a competitive corn army. Can Cogus Cool still pile in eight inches away? Oh, yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is so weird. This is <laughs> yeah, a fucking eight inch pile. That's real cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. But Didn't you used to give you like run and charge for three units as well or something like that? Uh, I think it was it, it was pick three units. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. You can just um, reroll hit rolls of one now. Yeah, well, the old mighty lord used to be a lot holidays. better. It used to be three dice, but yeah. now it's now it's pivotal. Yeah. Cool. Is there mm. anything else you want to talk about, Cornbro? No, I think man, it's I been think... far more positive than, than Stormcast, to be honest. I, th- I, I think so. I think it's a matter of looking back at these old books and trying to pick out what is still worth it, um, and maybe putting together some ideas that maybe somebody hasn't thought about or. Uh, 
it's you know yeah, something uh, slightly uh, looked over or forgotten about over time you know yeah i think the super obvious one is the six inch pylon which we've been banging on all night yeah. about um but i hadn't even considered a wraith monger once unfortunately they don't pylon when they die um like they used to but they still can do mortal wounds when they die uh blood warriors you said before are rubbish so and yeah I, I agree, but I think they're an effective screen because they get to attack when they die. They and just do nothing. They just do nothing when they die. They do two wounds. Yeah, but they've got wounds. a chance to bounce mortals back at you on sixes yeah. when you yeah. attack. So, I mean, I, I remember once I had the most stupid activation of my life where I think I attacked some plague monks, some of Mitch's plague monks with five blood warriors. I killed 12 of them or something. They came back, and this whole activation took, I don't know, like literally 20 minutes of dice rolling because whatever died got to fight when it died and we both had that same ability and i think 40 plague monks was like 15 by the end of it and i had all my blood warriors gone and i was happy with that exchange other than that i can't recall a useful exchange that they've ever had before yeah yeah it's 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 unfortunate about the blood warriors i don't think points can really help them too much either they'd need to drop to maybe 80 points to to start seeing some real use start seeing big blocks of blood warriors walking around and actually being very competitive yeah the whole one in ten special weapon thing is just you can't even take a banner in a five-man unit it's 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 so fucking dumb it's so dumb yeah so so dumb all right should we should we call it there man since it's it's getting on in the evening and i think we said about what we need to say so yeah man yep and listeners if you like it let us know if you don't like it let us know we can do some more of these we can get some special guests on who know a bit more about somebody's armies than what we do um if it's shit let us know if it's not then let us know if you want to hear more of it um but we'd be looking at sort of older battle tomes that um you know again have survived the ghb or have you know a year or so old but we'll go from there um thank you very much for listening otherwise we'll probably be back and i don't know maybe a month's time i'm off to america for a, a week and a bit soon um i don't know what tubby's doing mourning the loss of his left arm yeah playing warhammer every two days because i've got nothing else to do post it up on twitter man get people excited show them what you're up to your super lisp tech stuff or at least show me garage <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back at you as soon as we can. Bye. Run, call outside and he say he got a gun Niggas like, man, that's what everybody said Go and pop the trunk and everybody dead Everybody scared of the nigga aware that the nigga is better All my bitches is picking a litter, never bitter Niggas is fake anime Me, I never hate, get cake like anime Whoa, eat the cake, bitch
and see the damn cake. Uh, fuck good, nigga, we demand great. Or the diamond know that she take off all her clothes, nigga. You know how I go, made the piece of man wait. The best kept secret, even hold, try to keep it, then I let the damn tape. Uh, rest in peace, any nigga won't be secret, sir, it couldn't keep the man safe. I said to the window, to the wall, my nigga proud when I call. Got bitches out of my mind. Niggas, I come home and I don't tell nobody. They getting temporary going, I don't tell nobody. Lord, will you tell me if I changed? I won't tell nobody. I wanna go back to Jermaine and I don't tell nobody. This is the part that the thugs skip. Young nigga never had love, you know. Foot massage, back rub shit. Blowing bubbles in the bathtub shit. That is until I met you. Together we done watch years go by Seen the river, your tears go by Got me thinking about some kids still, I Tell them hoes come through Get to know somebody and you really learn a lot about them Won't be long before you start to doubt them Tell yourself you're better off without them Then the time you will find can't walk without them Can't talk without them, can't breathe without them Came here together, you can't leave without them So you walk back in, make a scene about them On your A-Marie, it's just one thing about them It's called love, niggas don't sing about it no more Don't nobody sing about it no more No more Call love, niggas don't sing about it no more. Don't nobody sing about it no more. Nigga don't sing about this shit, nigga. Put it in nigga in the club singing. To the window, to the wall. My nigga rap when I call. Got bitches out of my mind. I'm very show. Huh. Fuck the rest, I'm the best nigga out. When I'm back home, I'm the best in the south. When I'm in LA, I'm the best in the west. You can test, you can test, I'ma stretch niggas out. Woo, I'ma stretch niggas out. I go for all y'all if I left niggas out. It's shit for everybody on my test to go. Please make sure you put the rest in your mouth. Ho. 